What's up, beautiful people? I'm Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sam Sheva. And welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast, a show where we explore the infinite complexities of the human experience. We do not endorse anything illegal. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe. All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, curious, curious chimps. Start it? Yeah, did yeah, we start we're, we're going. <laughs> yeah, it's already All right, started. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's fascinating. Because Sammy told me like briefly like something about essential oils and stuff, but that's really it. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, you're, you're um, like a herbal specialist. I don't even know what to call you. I'm I'm bad with this kind of stuff. I don't know what to call me either. Um, I study at a school called uh, Académie Herbaliste. Uh, it's it's French. Um. They do have future plans to make everything bilingual, but right now it's primarily French. Um, and it, the primary study is herbalism. Um, and we go from everything that touches essential oils to uh, nutrition, to anatomy, pathologies, different diseases and how they interact. And then, you know, the, the core of it is is plants. So you study the 12 but the 12 systems of the human body. Yeah. And then during each section, you learn about the primary plants that interact with that body and the diseases and how they all kind of incorporate together. And then it tangents, it, it tangents into, you know, botany, uh, naturopath medicines, elixirs. And then we do a whole section on fabrication. So you learn how to make all of your own therapeutic stuff. So I can make tinctures and essential oils and elixirs, um, you learn how to make really everything natural, like everything in my house. I have my laundry soap, my dish soap, you know, you go shampoos, makeup, you go into like such a diverse field with it. Mm. Um, and you can really do almost anything when you're done. Um, and for me, what I love the most about this school in particular is that it doesn't just cater to someone who wants to get the full diploma, which is what I'm doing. Mm. I've been doing it for about five years. Um, because I've been taking my time with it. You could probably finish the whole program in three, but I kind of want to go really slow and incorporate what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably going to still be studying for another like two to three years minimum before I'm actually fully certified. But besides the main diploma, you have these mini certifications. So if you just want to learn about aromatherapy, you can become a certified aromatherapist. Um, you can also study without getting any certification. You can just go in to learn, pay for the course, you don't have to do the homework, and you just learn. And then what got me into this program was the workshops. They do specific workshops. You know, one night on August 15th, you'll learn about how to make your own um, cleaning products. And they do that for the general public. So I found this school with the workshops, tested a few of the workshops, and was I was hooked. Nice. Um, I signed up for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's what I do primarily. Um, I also have been studying on my own terms with uh, medicinal cannabis, which it falls into our field of study, but it was only you know recently legalized. So I've been kind of taking upon myself to find as many books as I can and really really test and play. You know, I I, mm. I go when I go to buy my cannabis now. I do my research on which strains do what and and what I want to do with them. Do I want to make a 
uh, an anti-inflammatory oil, so I'll pick the strain that I need to get the specific properties to make that, or do I want to make chocolates and, and you know, play around with it? Um, and then, you know, I've done, I did a whole bunch of random things. I did apiculture, I did apitherapy, uh, I'm Reiki level one certified, um, I did, what was the other one, the big one? I did permaculture, which was whole vast interesting field of study but that's basically what i do right now what started your journey to jump in on all this because it's like you're hitting it from a bunch of different angles you're talking about reiki and and it's and the aromatherapy and then the herb all the studies about the herbs like it's all connected but it's kind of you're coming from cool angles like what started this uh this journey i started to question well everything i mean i got to a point where you know, and, and everybody who's, I guess, you're raised a certain way and you, you're raised with certain beliefs and certain standards and then some people never deviate from that and some people kind of wake up a little bit more and start to think about certain things. And I started to analyze and learn a lot about the problems in the world and all of the issues that were, you know, everything from the environment to our education system to our medical system. I, I believe the status quo is not enough. Yeah. Um, we can do a lot better. And when I first started to delve into that, it became overwhelming. You know, there's so many problems. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? What do I want to fix? Um, so that's what I started to really question. What what do I want to work on? What do I want to contribute to? If I'm going to spend my life doing something, it might as well be something that contributes to one of those issues mm. or some of them, whatever. That's what gives me fulfillment and, and, and joy and passion about. So I just started kind of testing the waters. I, I, I did apiculture because when I first started waking up to all of this, the bee population was a big popular thing. And I was like, hmm, that's really interesting. And I found a workshop. It, for me, it's always, if you're not sure what you're going to do, I always dip my toes, test it. Do I like this? Do I not? So I found workshops in different directions that allowed me to still maintain my regular life and my regular job without having to drop everything. Mm. and test what I wanted to do. So I, I did apitherapy or apiculture, learned a shit ton about bees and how to keep bees and, and how to help bees. But by the time I was done, realized I'm five foot, like 100 pounds. I can't actually physically manage a beehive. It's too it's too heavy. It's, it's too much physical work. I'd have to start going to the gym constantly to be able to maintain my beehive. So I was like, cool. I learned a bunch about bees. Maybe I can do something with that later, but I'm not about to go buy a bunch of beehives and, and do that. But when I did that, I, I'd meet someone who took a program somewhere else in a different topic, and I just kind of followed the signs and, and find, found things that didn't didn't shake up my regular life too much and allowed me to find where I was going. And when I found herbalism, it was... It just hit the, it hit the spot, you know? And it's so diverse. It's it's not. I I, I hate doing one thing. I, I get bored. I'm I'm like ADD. I can't. If it's the same thing over and over and over, I get bored. And herbalism and and medicine and health is so diverse, depending on the plant you're using and the person in front of you. And this program allows me to go into so many different directions Sweet. that give you a ground to help you. Yeah. What's your issue, and how can I help you as a person, not as a number on a in a line? In a genuine, holistic w sense, you know. I remember you telling me about you guys even having um, 
maybe some kind of like limited or peripheral, but still very important like psychology courses, you know, so that you can, you can really, uh, I, I want to use the word attack. I always use the word attack, but you can, you can like attack out on, on all fronts, you know, like you can attack the problem, not the person, but mm -hmm. like the, like you were saying, you learn about all the systems, you know, like that's in my mind, that's like a, an osteopath, you know, you're, you're, you're hitting the, I don't even remember all of them, you know, but like the digestive, reproductive, skeletal, muscular, uh, circulatory, respiratory, nervous system. Did I say digestive? You know, like this, yeah. you get really, you get really into cardiovascular. That's it. I'm I, just I don't, calling I don't remember all of them. Yeah, the, the uh, integumentary. Yeah. The urinary. Yeah. That's it. I honestly don't remember which ones I said. I it's think like you when said you try like to name like, you know, the seven deadly sins. You're always like, did I say gluttony? I don't. <laughs> yeah, I can't exactly. remember them. I only got. And six. there's twelve. Past six, you're like, uh, I don't remember. So, yeah, just, and they're all but, so interconnected. It's amazing. I was going to say, what it's, I, it's fascinating. When we did massage school, that was the beginning of our journey, or well, my journey into this field. And I, we're learning each system one at a time. And then you're starting to be like, oh, wait, this one's connected to this one. And this one's connected. And then it just like, by the 12th, you just have this entire ball of yeah. everything is working together. And it's, it's a nice way to break it down step by step, each system, system. But then by like, it's like a level. It's like the final boss is like, we are all one. And then, you know, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. It's, it's intense, it's, too. Yeah. It's... Like, it's, yeah. it's... It's... For me, it's something that I'm passionate about and I love, but it's also terrifying because, you know, the way health works currently and modern medicine is amazing. It's done fantastic things. I'll never put it down. And nothing I do is to contradict what your doctor is telling you to do. But we have this this current focus that, you know, when someone goes to see a doctor, they, they want to treat their symptom. You know, I have a headache. Give me a pill to, to relieve my headache. And it's always about relieving the symptoms so that we can continue our daily life. We can go back to work as quick as possible. But the way your body works, it when your body is working properly, it can heal itself. We just need to give it the time to heal. And what plants do at a base level is that they support your body while it's healing itself it gives your body the support it needs whether it's via the nutritional value in the plant or the anti-inflammatory value something that just helps your body do what it needs to do mm. and so many people just but that's what our, our societies become we, we need a pill for everything mm. and pills at a base level are derived from from plants they've just identified a molecule and kind of zoomed in on that and added a bunch of shit to it and then you end up with you know, a lot of long-term effects that people don't really think about. And honestly, I don't think a lot of people care about them anymore. And my role as an alternative medicine practitioner is always going to be to try and help you find the root cause. Yes, I can relieve your headache temporarily, but what's it from? Are you not drinking enough water? Yeah. Are you drinking too much coffee? You know, how's your sleeping habits? Let's try and figure out what the issue is so that we can actually solve it because... I can give you every plant in the world to try and solve your problem, but if you're not removing the cause, you're not solving the problem. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's also... Uh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, because we live in this culture where it's instant gratification is what we all seek for. I think it's, it's kind of... It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a curious choice right there. Um, but this instant gratification is like it it falls into the rest of our life where now we want this quick pill to fix this problem or this to fix this problem and it's it's just treating symptoms because of that in, it's like 
that trained mind of always that quick fix is just carrying on to the medicine. So it's like, I have a headache. Oh, this pill is going to get rid of the headache. So I'm going to keep doing that. It's been working in the past. But you've never really went into the, the depths of where that headache's coming from. And eventually, scarily enough, that, that pill's going to stop working because those roots are just getting so much bigger and bigger. And you then need a stronger pill now. You need a stronger pill. But that or you need gonna, more. Yeah, and then there's going to be a whole other Or there's effects. like a monster growing in the background and the symptom was is just being alleviated, you know? Like uh, uh, Ramsey actually said this a couple of days ago. Well, you're, you're gonna, Amanda, you're going to meet this guy one day. I'm sure of it. He's like, he's like a good friend of mine, and he loves everything you're learning about. And he might even end up in the school that you're you're in if if once he listens to this podcast. But he <laughs> he talked about how the like whether we have instant gratification in other walks of life or not is it's not irrelevant, but it's it's it is strong already in in the medicinal world in the pharmaceutical world. The there's this the holistic treatment is honest, and it's like about like dredging <clears throat> through swamp you know it's slow it's a slow process sometimes it's yeah. an honest process and and it makes you kind of question your lifestyle and you have to actually like make changes to your diet or or add things or subtract things or or change your lifestyle etc 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 and we've since we've gotten used to it even if you're not treating the symptom hopefully you're going to a deeper cause which does happen sometimes in 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 you know the new, more uh, uh, ubiquitous uh, medicine and, and pharmaceutical uh, styles that we have, but a lot of people will be turned away from something like essential oils. Uh, I, I hate even grouping that because, like, we were talking to to Angie the other day, and she's like, "Essential oils is like really a stupid way of talking because you can you can drink frankincense." But if you if you drink like uh, eucalyptus, it's gonna poison you or or something, you know. Yeah. So that's the flip side, right? It's without the proper knowledge on how to apply this stuff, especially essential oils. Essential oils are so they they're a heavy hitter, and if you don't know what you're doing, you can really cause damage. And mm. even as much as the simplest thing like buying an essential oil, if you don't know what to look for on the bottle, if it just says essential oil of lemon but it doesn't say anything else on the bottle i'm not buying that that's that's probably some chemical deviated perfume scented whatever and then people use it medicinally and they don't know what they're doing and they're not you know yeah. it's it's like for aromatherapy and then you end up tri- like drinking it and it, and it even, tastes you don't, like freaking motor oil <laughs> you don't want to drink essential oils like they'll they taste <laughs> so this is one of the things we do in class whenever we're learning about a plant before Hold on. they even time out because I because yes. I daily take a drop of like frankincense. Okay, a so, drop. But you yeah. said drink, so I was picturing you just no, filling not, up I, a cup. I, I, like, I don't, don't shotgun do the bottle. <laughs> like, just like a, a bottle, little like, salute. It's big. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, no, I just, I literally just take a drop or two in the uh, on the in the tongue or something. And, okay. I mean, I've okay. I've done that with oregano. That tastes so, like absolute. Ugh. That burns. Well, the trick. Yeah, is, like that's intense. Honey. Or olive oil. You put the drop on honey or olive oil. That's yeah. how I take essential oils. That's how what I've learned. Um, and it dilutes the taste. And even just holding it in your mouth in the honey or the olive oil for a couple of extra seconds, you have all these absorption. Uh, and I, I'm really bad with the retention of the details. But in your mouth, 
it, you're also helping it be absorbed into your bloodstream a little bit faster. So when you hold it there for a couple minutes, which try holding a drop of something that tastes like absolute butt without honey, <laughs> but take it in honey <laughs> or olive oil. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, even with the frankincense, which is like a beautiful smell and, and, a, and a pretty good taste actually, but it's very strong. And uh, again, like uh, like uh, this a guest we had on recently, she was saying like, you ha you do have to be careful because like a drop is like a bush of of plants yeah like like, like distilled or or like the essence or whatever i like i guess yeah. we could get into the processes but like it is very much a concentrate you know and yes. and it, it it means you get a, a wild effect or or even an effect that you wouldn't get in smaller amounts like it's 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 like uh it's a kind of alchemy or like a magic because you have this you really do have you know a thousand petals of whatever like in in a drop or two and it's it's fascinating and and that's where the medicinal effects probably come out as well but i mean you know like we talked about eucalyptus like you could just freaking die you could well, just like so there's the wrong there's different subcategories of eucalyptus right one of them and i don't remember which one there's about four or five and so don't quote me on which one does what right now but one of them let's say the two main ones that we learned about they're good for your respiratory system right when you're sick hmm. anti uh, immune boost, whatever. So one of them, if you are you are asthmatic, you can potentially trigger an asthmatic response. Um, and now my boyfriend, he's super supportive in everything I do, but he is of the mind that you know when he's sick, he will he just lets his body do its its thing. So he doesn't often come to me for for medicine. <laughs> but the other day he had an issue and he just it wasn't going well and he's like, okay, give me something. So me, I got all excited. He's asking me for help. I was like a eucalyptus, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't remember until I'd already given it to him that he's asthmatic, and I had to be careful which one I gave to him. So I gave him a drop of one of the eucalyptus on a piece of honey, and he started to feel funny, <laughs> and he starts to feel funny, and then he sees my face kind of go like, uh oh, and then <laughs> he's like, what? And then I looked it up, and I was like, okay, wrong one. He didn't have a full-on asthma attack because it was one drop, but it was still okay. Reminder, be very careful. Mm. And, you know, that's not a mistake I would make with someone I don't know, but it was my boyfriend, I was comfortable, I was excited, I was in my house, I was like, hey, I hear. Um, but stuff like that, when it happens, it also reminds you that these things we need to be very careful with. And people in all of their excitement about natural medicine and they want to go, you know, the holistic way, they, they look up stuff online without... You know, the internet has a lot of info, but it often doesn't tell you the in-depth complications that can arise. Or, you know, if you're taking something that is a blood thinner, if you're on blood thinners, be careful. But people don't know to think that much in-depth with it. So they'll take things and then it'll cause an adverse reaction, which mm. then gives natural medicine a bad name because they're saying, oh, I took this and it, it, it really it hurt me, it harmed me, or I got a rash when I went outside. Well... If you put that essential oil on your skin and you go outside, there are essential oils that are phototoxic. So if you put them on your skin and you go out into the sun, you're going to get a sunburn. But they don't know that. But then it comes full circle and and it, it you know it's going to be an upwards battle a lot. Natural medicine is, is starting to open back up. So we have to be mindful of what it really does. This is the side effect of having so much information. I mean, the internet's incredible to have, but... I'm guilty of this just as much as everyone else, but sometimes you search something and instant, the first click 
on the on the Google search, you click it, and it's just the headline and a couple sentences, and then you all of a sudden are an expert of what you're looking for, and then you go yeah, home you and cherry like, pick your info. Yeah, it actually cherry pick's not even the right word. You kind of stop short. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you know, something like like frankincense is a good example. It has like a laundry list of, of like effects or or things it could be good for, mm-hmm. and you just kind of find the thing that it's that that you want to alleviate it's or like to, confirmation or to cure. Bias. You know, yeah, you, you just oh okay, and then and then it, like you don't realize that this is an entire plant with its own like counterindications and and uh, what's the word like uh, mixing effects? You interactions. Know, like, interactions. Yeah. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> the name of one of our classes: plant drug interactions. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I, that definitely deserves an entire class. I'm ex- sure. Expand even fu- uh, wider, Sammy, than just a complex plant. That it's a complex field of what they're studying, and it's just like you've summed it down to one quick Google search and a click and order. And and it's your body, like yeah. you were saying, Amanda. Like you, are you on blood thinners? Like, what's your history? What's mm-hmm. your what's your what are you already suffering in terms of like chronic or acute uh, ailments? What are the drugs you're on? What are other plant medicines or something that you're already on? Like all of this. Again, the point is holistic. The point is is hol- holicism. I've never used that word before. Like you know, this idea of uh, of looking at the entire picture, which by nature is going to take more time. Yeah. You know, and it requires time. Yeah. You know? It's one of the things that gives it a bad name. There, it's, yeah. it's scary to think that the real medicine, the natural medicine, the first medicine is fighting its way back into the mainstream. And a lot of things are kicking it down because we don't know how to use it or we abuse it or we have this idea. That's what I was getting at. What Ramsey, Ramsey said, like these, a lot of people give up on this stuff because they expect it to be instant. You know, yeah. and it's it's like even if you are just treating a symptom, sometimes it might take a second. You know, there, there's this thing I'm taking like a lion's mane mushroom extract and and it says on the box like this is proven to help with like memory and cognition and it's good for your brain and all this stuff. But like you will not notice any effects for the first like two to four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is this is a long term like natural um, like you were saying kind of like helps the body do its own thing. Uh, you know, like a lot of natural medicine, like I, I was taking something called L-Dopa. Uh, it's like a velvet bean extract and it helps your brain make dopamine. It's not going to bombard you like a stimulant would if you have ADD or something and just force you to make dopamine or another drug that might force you to absorb dopamine better or, or something like that. You're just going to downregulate dopamine receptors or dopamine production. Whereas if you yeah. give the body like the precursors to dopamine, then it might have the similar effect, but slower, or it might not have that effect at all, but it's going to take a more kind of, like I said, honest time. It's going to have that, that, that like natural buffer. I am ranting. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna... a good to- topic to rant on. Yeah. It's, it's hard not to like, and I, I've, I've, I'm very guilty of this. Um, you know, I, the word B used to be a trigger word for me when I was studying in, in therapy and apiculture and you know, everyone would joke around if the minute someone would say bee, I would just verbal diarrhea information about bees on them just super excitedly. Like, oh, my God, you said bees? You want to know about bees? Here's a bunch of shit about bees. <laughs> um, and this, you know, I'm, I'm five years in now, so I'm, I'm a lot better at kind of putting a, a cork in that. You know, like I'll wait for someone to kind of ask me something before I just bombard them because that's the last thing you want to do also. You know, I the first person who came to me for a a detox, you know, they're like, I don't feel good. I was like, okay, let's do a detox. And I sent them home with like eight different things and like a list and like, you got to do step one and step two and step three. And they didn't do anything because I, I didn't know enough at the time to really realize that 
But this is a slow process, and you've got to – any transition for anyone, especially when it comes to changing habits and, and or adding a new habit even, you have to go like – you know, for me, it's one to three. One to three things at a time. Start – and I, I talked to you a little bit about this the other day, Sammy. Start with – if you can only start with one, start with one. If it's drinking water, drink water every morning until that becomes – autopilot and then change something else and then change something else the minute we try and do too many things at once your body gets i mean your body goes into shock mm. some people can do things cold turkey awesome i commend you i am not one of those <laughs> mm. and most people aren't yeah now the the mind resists change also i read a study about how your 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 brain interprets in from like new information and learning as a kind of pain which I found <laughs> hilarious because I've always had trouble. Everyone, everyone can relate a little bit. Like, like starting anything is kind of rough, you know. Like once you get the ball rolling and you start having like more, you're more competent in the in the subject, or you're more like fluid in the in the physical movements of whatever you're learning. It, it starts stacking on itself more easily. But there is this initial resistance, and there's a lot of psychological baggage and and like kind of social. Uh, landmines also because of the actual topic but ev like learning anything or changing anything there's this resistance and and I like that it's one or one to three things at a time and and you kind of start attacking it in a, in a in an intelligent and systematic way a lot of people do just need to drink more water I've been thinking to myself lately there's so many things I want to learn and improve but I'm just looking at meditation I'm just telling myself, like, just focus on this one skill. Once that becomes established, move on to the next thing, you know. But we're all victims of this excitement. I think when we're when we're passionate about something, especially when you're in the midst of learning at the beginning and you start, you don't even realize that your competence has grown so much. I mean, we, we're, we're, I was definitely um, um, a victim of that when I was in the massage school because it's like you're saying, you know, like if you have an actual like patient or client in front of you, there's going to be this like uh, like I we even had a sheet, you know, and we would have like uh, a kind of record for our, for our clients and and uh, the the medical history, like it's like a questionnaire, you know, it's like 10 20 minutes sometimes depending on how much information this person has to share with mm -hmm. you so that you do it properly. But then your family member is like, oh, my neck hurts. And you're like, oh, I know how to help. And then you just start massaging them and you forget that they have like fucking like a heart thing or, uh, <laughs> or whatever. Like it's, it's just this jump out of your skin to, to be, to be useful to, 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 apply to what you, you just learned all this new stuff that nobody knows here, here, take it. Here's a bunch of stuff. And, and you get to you give know. life to that, that yeah. information want, more life in you know yeah for sure yeah it's we need a it's a lot about this about discovering more information and studying information and seek, seeking information a lot of it is about reprogram reprogramming the way we go about it instead of this fast acting um quick oh i know how to do this is it needs to be prolonged into this more of a step-by-step -step process and really trust that it takes time, you know? And the, I think it's a lot about reprogramming the mind because we all operate on that monkey brain of instant gratification, go for it quick, quick fix, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, it's a, it's a process regardless of what you're doing, whether you're learning a skill, whether you're, you're trying to help someone have a healthier lifestyle, it's gonna take its time. And starting in a step one with just mm -hmm. the water, for example, like daily water intake, we do that for two weeks and then we'll incorporate something new. This process is not just not just because it's slow that it's working is that it's reprogramming that that mindset 
and take you out of that monkey brain, want it now, take it now, blah, 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 to understanding the frontal cortex of prolonged effect, you know? Exactly. And, you know, the program itself, like I, it teaches you, you know, the details of the anatomy and, and different diseases and, and chemistry and stuff like that. But it's taught me so much more about, like, it's just the way it integrates together. You end up learning what you're going to try and incorporate in other people's lives, whether you want it to or not, whether you, it's, it's not even written in paper that, you know, there's no course on learning how to slowly integrate that. You just learn it over time. And, you know, each time you come to a new system and you, you learn about a new plant that, or a new body function, and you see how it incorporates into the one before, it, it's like a, just, a, it, it overlaps into each other in, in all facets. And, and then it applies to your own life. Like I, and you can't, unlearn what you learn like as soon as i realized i wasn't drinking enough water now that i drink water all the time i know my body knows when i need water and i need it a lot more but it comes down to um kind of what we were, we're kind of skirting over a bit before but symptoms everything every pain in your body every symptom of an issue your is your body trying to tell you there's something wrong whether it's inflammation or a headache or a muscle spasm or your stomach hurts, all those symptoms is your body's alert system. It's telling you, hey, red alert. We did something wrong. Something's not wrong. You shouldn't have. You drank something you shouldn't have. You've been puking. It's your body getting rid of crap in your body that's not supposed to be there. And our current, you know, past, don't quote me on history, but 50 to 100 years has been trying to subdue that symptom. So when you have an inflammation or you have a muscle spasm and you're you're rubbing a cream on it that's going to relieve that pain, and I, I tested this the other day just to actually give myself that full experience. I had uh, I woke up with um, tatsukari. I don't know what the English term is, but you know when you wake up and you you just can't move your neck. neck yeah, so I, like I put a cream yeah. on it to relieve the pain, and I could relieve the pain, but I was paying attention to my movements and realized, well, I've relieved the symptom, but if I move too much, like. Because you can't feel it anymore, so you keep moving. But then when the pain reliever dissipates, you've made your pain a lot worse because you've subdued the symptom, but the problem was still there, and you didn't feel it anymore. So all you've done is made your problem ten times worse. And that's mm -hmm. often what ends up happening. And if you, if you, uh, if you peel cool. the layer one step deeper to the, what Stephen Ma uh, Steve Maxwell was telling us about, is like that neck pain could have came from just a moment in your life where there was maybe... Like energetically in the neck, I think you just totally no. cut out. <laughs> can, you, can you hear me? <laughs> okay, you're back. Yeah, okay, I'm back. Okay. Yeah, so like if you go one step deeper of the where the root of that neck pain could have came back, it could have been something energetically or something in life where I think the neck is associated to many options or or feeling like there's too many things going on, so you're always looking, and maybe that's where some of the root of that pain came from. So it's like there's so many layers to unpack when something goes wrong. And it's so easy to cover it up with just a Tylenol <laughs> or yeah, a muscle exactly. relaxant. Is it, is it emotional? Do you feel overwhelmed? Yeah. Are you, they, do you have a desk job and you're just sitting at your desk all day like, like this? Yeah. You know, like, what is it? So I, I'm a personal trainer as well. I do massage therapy. And ever since the, well, I've been starting this a little bit before, but Pat Owens kind of added the, the uh, extra gear to my shift. But with my clients, I have them training now barefoot outside. And... The reason I was doing that was because I, by um, scientifically, it's just stimulating more nerve nerve receptors in the feet. So it's it's just stimulating more connection to the mind and body. 
But now that I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm realizing that it's also programming people to feel more and to be more aware of what's happening in the body. And when you start doing that more and more, like now you know when you're thirsty and when you need to in incorporate more water, it's just because you've put so much attention onto that detail that now you're so aware of that, of that space when you need to fill it or when, when, whenever there's a, something going on with the body telling you something, you, you're in tune with that feeling and you know. So, yeah. Dude. Yeah. I, it's I, such I, a learning. Yeah. I'm t I, I was trying so hard not to interrupt you, but you just kind of made me realize something. Like, I've been taking my shoes off a lot lately and walking around barefoot outside. And I have, like, a wide open space. I have, like, a beautiful backyard. But um, now when I don't do it, I notice and I want to do it. And I'm not sure why. Mm. I just, like, there's something beneficial or therapeutic. And, and you just made me realize that I've been doing that lately. I've been like, oh, I didn't. And like I might have my Crocs on, and I'm like playing fetch with my dog or something, and and it's not the same. Yeah. There, there's something missing, and and it's like a thirst. It's exactly what yeah. you guys are talking about. When you're about. firing up nerves, man, and when you're wearing like a tight shoe, it's just it's just that awareness but is you off. Don't realize. It's off. Yeah. You know. And then there's the whole you know for the people who believe in that, and and I'm one of those people. And, and if you don't, you don't. But you know, there's the whole energetic connection that we're also really, really. Uh, missing and just having your feet touching the ground and touching the earth and having that energetic connection is something that you know and i've i i don't like my feet i have a thing with feet so i've been slowly trying to go outside with my socks off okay. um it really depends on where i am though but like if i'm in my backyard i just i feel all the grass and the mud and the dirt i just i'm like Ugh. <laughs> but i know it's good for me so i'm trying to get there but there's also a difference that I found when I've done it at home versus when I've gone into like an actual forest and done it there. You just, there's something inexplicable about the feeling you get with the connection to the ground. Because when, you know, if you live in a suburb, well, if you think what's underneath the ground is a lot of pipes and wires and sewage and, and all that kind of stuff, there's not really much natural underneath you. As you go into a forest, it's roots, it's earth. Mm. That's that's all that's underneath you. I mean, maybe there's still piping and stuff, but probably, probably not as much. So the connection you get when you do that somewhere else is is ten times like just more intense. Mm -hmm. um, well, but yeah, I've I've tried that that tried to um, take my shoes off more often and like even when I'm just inside now that I do it when I have my socks on for too long, it's like your brain kicks in and goes, "Hey, your feet." Are suffocating right now. Why are your socks still on? Like, oh, suffocating okay. is the good word. Like you, yeah. you feel like you can't breathe. Yeah. yeah. And then you just like rip your socks off, and you're like, <gasps> it's the I same as sleeping. Why. Like, yeah. I don't know if this is appropriate, but like sleeping, I I can't sleep with clothes on anymore. Uh, um, you just once I'm, you you I, yeah. know the liberation and the breathing well, experience of your body. You know, I'll go to bed with clothes on sometimes, and then halfway through the night, I wake up half asleep, and I'm just tearing them off because I'm like, ugh, like I can't sleep. I'm, I did the same thing. I think you feel your most people relate with you. you. You know, most people will relate with you. I mean, yeah, yeah. This Especially is relatively new for me. So. <laughs> uh, but I mean, there's also a, like a placebo, like 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 we learn about. Well, like not a placebo in an entire sense, but like it's reinforcing what like the something we learn reinforces the truth or reveals the truth. You know, like, like I learned about grounding and I learned about it like in the yoga circles and stuff like that. And, and then I started looking into it and there's a science behind it. And I'm like, I was very surprised that this could be something, excuse the pun, grounded in science. Um, and 
the same thing with uh, sleeping naked. Apparently, it's really good for us, and we sleep better, and uh, we regulate our temperature better. We deep, we sleep deeper, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it could be in the same vein where you start doing something, and even though it could be really alien and feel strange at first, you start noticing that you really needed to do that. Yeah. And then you start having this kind of thirst pop up, where if you're thirsty all the time and you're kind of getting what you need, then you don't really notice it. But if you're suddenly like quenched and then not, mm. it hurts almost. You're like, oh, I need that. Like it's just so much more evident. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure you guys know what I mean. But I, yeah. I would love to get into. No, if I don't like my morning. Oh, I think just cut off randomly there. <laughs> Are we back? Are yeah, we back? We're back. We're good. Okay. Yeah. What were you saying? you saying? I don't know. I was cutting you off until the computer cut me off. <laughs> we're, we're I was going to cut, cut me off so, while I was cutting you off. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw. I saw that I like I lost you for a sec. The the image kind of froze. I was like, is she not moving? Is it <laughs> is it the internet? I just wanted to totally switch subjects. I realized we're already like forty minutes in. Like the like the conversation is flying. I don't know if you still have some time afterwards. We can maybe extend a little bit and make it longer because I'm sure there's a lot of info. But I'm just curious about so much stuff that I know is in your fucking brain, and I want to know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, if there's anything you want to touch on and and give us, like, I'd love like some concrete info about like lifestyle changes, easy changes, hard changes, little things we could make, uh, household changes in our lives. If there's certain brands, like, uh, uh, what's that fucking brand that has all the oils and stuff? Arbon, Arbon. I've never Tara. heard of it. No. DoTerra is a big um, one for me for essential oil. DoTerra is definitely one that's that's good that I've heard of. Um, the quality apparently is really good. So and essential and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Um, so essential oils, uh, just randomly grabbing that out of there. Um, at a base level, if you're going to buy an essential oil at a store and it's not behind glass, like if it's just on a shelf somewhere that you could just pluck it, I don't trust it um, because most places. Anyone who sells essential oils, who knows about essential oils, knows that they can be potentially dangerous. So if they, the person selling it to you, you're going to want to have to ask someone to, can you please pass me that essential oil? Um, if it's one that's a little more, let's say, I don't want to use the term dangerous because it makes them sound bad. But if it's one that has maybe uh, higher side effects, then they're going to ask you a little bit about why you're buying this. Um, they don't always I mean, at least for me, but maybe I walk in and I just sound like I know what I, what I know what I'm doing. Um, but you, that's the base, the first thing. Um, there's actually a store, uh, Tao. There's a Tao near me. So when I can't get to the stores that I usually go to because they're in Montreal, I go there. Um, they have essential oils that are behind the counter. And then they have like essences or essential oils that are essences of and they're like across, like on a shelf. Those are more for aromatherapy and, and scents and stuff. So right off the bat, I, I know which direction I'm going. Um, and then on the bottle itself, you want to make sure that it doesn't, it has not only the plant name, but it has the Latin name. Because the Latin name is where you get those deviations of the, the subcategory. And the Latin name, I mean, you don't necessarily need to know that it's in Latin, but it looks like gibberish. It looks like magic. It's like... Um, yeah, like that you know, phonetic have, uh, writing yeah. sort of thing. So I have, uh, this is, uh, I don't know if you can see it. Can you, where's the camera? <laughs> yeah. Ravensera. Okay. okay. But the name underneath says, excuse my 
non-Latinus, Cinnamomum camphora cinefoliarium. Sounds like it's from Harry Potter, and I love it. Um, so if you, you have at least those two things, you have a much better uh, understanding or at least a confidence that it's, it's actually an essential oil. Mm. Um, um, what else? You went to a bunch of things there at once, Sammy. Um, I did. I apologize. Uh, I, love okay. that, uh, I love that. Like a lot of people, like you see, like the bottle is is like that uh, that like beer glass because sunlight can can destroy yeah. the the molecules or something. And uh, I love how you you just you described it like it's not over the counter. Like you you kind of it should be like a it should be like cigarettes. Like a kid can't just pick it up. Like it's like oh which one do you want? Like what are your what are your needs here? Like do you know what this actually does? You just have that that human buffer that professional buffer to be like hey like this is ex this is especially strong you know yeah. be careful or <laughs> whatever uh, tips you can give but is this for yeah. the quality for consumption or is this for also for aromatherapy that we should be mindful of what we're choosing i so i would say both and i don't want to deter people from using you know the ones that are a little less useful but even especially aromatherapy or even just uh like using it in a diffuser Everything that goes into our bodies, where whether it's from your mouth or your nose or your eyeballs, yeah. <laughs> everything has an impact. So, one of the you know the major things that, at least for myself, I, I feel is important is that anything that has a perfume to it, that has a smell, you want to try and go as as organic or natural as possible because even just the, the standard perfumes and colognes, and I put those essences in the same batch and those candles. And the, the, the little plug-in things you plug into the wall that, that emit, you know, the spray smell, mm. it has an impact. And it, it's maybe not as scientifically proven as as everything else, but it it, it, ha it really does have an impact on your, your hormones and your, your, your body in general. And it's, it's not a good one. So if you're going to use an essential oil for anything, even if you're just putting a few drops in, in a diffuser, I would go as... as natural and organic as possible i don't touch for myself anyways i don't touch anything that's not that i don't trust um you know if i want a scented candle i'm gonna get a beeswax candle and maybe drop some essential oils on it mm. um and you know that kind of one of the things that bothers me a lot when people say well there's no science to back it well in order to conduct a scientific study someone usually a corporation needs to put funding into that scientific study so a lot of these things that people argue doesn't have enough science behind it is really just because no one's paying for it. And those huge conglomerates and the big companies aren't going to put you know, thousands of dollars into a study to prove that this plant that can save people money is going to actually have an effect versus the pills that they've, they've come up with that save them money but cost us money. So I uh, just kind of tangent in there a bit, but... Yeah. Um, I'm sure uh, it's not convenient. <laughs> It's not a it's not a convenient approach because there's no profit because it's a solution, right? Exactly. But the, that's um, also the problem with these kind of studies, though. Is and Pat Owen exposed it at least for nutrition is just there's so many variables, and to get a controlled study that just isolating like an aroma, uh, the effects of like a specific essential oil would be so complex to do to conduct a study like that too. So. It's hard to really come to any kind of conclusions, but it, I'm not saying anecdotal evidence is the best to go with, but it's it's just it's so hard to narrow down what's working and what's not working, you know. 
but it, it's yeah. it's very clear that perfuming perfume scents and stuff that are more chemically induced definitely do have an effect on the body and it's just like i have a friend as an example he was using lysol in his house all the time and for years just sprayed lysol everywhere he goes sprayed lysol and then his doctor told him like stop that your lungs are fucked <laughs> like your lungs are literally <laughs> oh, you you have like a chronic uh, asthma because of what you've been doing and all those chemicals you've been bringing in so like these things are having an effect to us and it's very important what you what you mentioned is very key is what you put into your body and what you allow into your body is vital yeah, and even just what you you know your your skin is one of is a huge factor too everything you put on your skin like makeup is a whole other ball game but you know uh, I had a thought and I lost the thought oh okay so like even it, for me it comes to full circle because I've reduced greatly most of that even my laundry soap I make it um, so once you remove all of that toxic crap from your environment now whenever I walk into a room and someone's wearing perfume no matter how little I feel like someone just smashed me in the face. Like my head instantaneously feels like, whoa. Um, and you know, someone even their laundry soap, they use like a regular generic, really intense smelling laundry soap and it hurts me. Um, or I try and, you know, even just the fact that I drink so much water, we'll go back to water. But now when I try and have, I can't finish a can of soda anymore. It's just too intense. I'm used to, my body is now acclimated to something that's better for me. Mm. So when I try and do this stuff that is sugar-loaded or perfume-loaded, chemical, I'm more susceptible to feeling how the chemicals are actually impacting me, and it's never good. No. It's never good. Yeah, I guess it's it's like, it's like uh, everything affects us broadly. You know, like you just put something into the system it plinkos around into all the other systems. Like you become, you're this tensegrity of, of like causes and effects and you're just throwing in like a, like a variable and the variable is a product mixed in with another product. That's just like, Hey, we just want this to smell a certain way. We don't really care what else it's doing. And the next thing you know, like you're, you're putting something like estrogenic on your fucking balls in the, in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's just like a soap or a shampoo or something, and you're not thinking twice because of course it's safe. They wouldn't let me put it on my fucking head if it wasn't. Oh, eh. shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know well, they're not doing women, the studies like you said. Like our and this uh, maybe TMI, but so uh, all of our uh, menstruation products, right? Well, we'll go there. Whatever. Let's go um, there. All of the, the stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's no filter. There's no filter in curious gyms. There are women that listen to this, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> all of the stuff that we're inserting in there, into your, let's go medical, into your vagina, is super, like, it's covered in bleach and perfumes and all this stuff, and your vagina is one of the most absorbent parts of your body. Um, and once a month, for most of our life, for an entire week, we're just jamming some bleach up there. Okay. Now, I switch to natural versions of the, a lot of that stuff, um, which some of it's kind of grosser until you get used to it, but it's, 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 there's no chemicals in it. It's, it's, not, it's not loaded with bleach and all that stuff. And the cramps I would get, I used to get really, really bad ones. They've cut down like three quarters. I barely get any. My flow is more regulated. I don't feel as crazy because your hormones go all nuts and then you go all nuts. Mm. So just switching that had such a crazy impact that it, it's just, 
you, we don't realize how much of the stuff we use on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, we're just microdosing of anything is good. The problem with chemicals is that we are microdosing across the board with everything we use, be it our toothpaste, our menstrual products, our, our shampoos, the laundry soap, the spray you clean your counter with. We're just it's no longer microdosing. We're just bombarding our system, and then we end up with all these hormonal issues and and cancers and autoimmune issues and it just escalates and escalates and then we put funding into let's solve for cancer and autoimmune issues but we're not defunding a lot of what at least i believe is a very possible cause so it, it just yeah. the whole medical system contradicts a lot in my head <laughs> we're just bathing in, chemi in chemicals you know and just cocktail exactly. cocktails of chemicals all day the deodorant like I, I can recall a moment where I was really deep into this and I, I started buying natural deodorants and uh, even like a natural toothpaste is no fluoride. It was like Green Beaver, I think it was called or something like that. Yeah, they're good. They're good. And I remember I stopped doing it. I got to go back to it. You're, you're really inspiring me to restart that fire. <laughs> but I remember me and my friend were both doing it. We're like, this is the best toothpaste I've ever used. Like, I feel incredible. I actually feel like my teeth are clean. It was weird. And versus like right now, I'm using like a Colgate uh, 3D extra white. And it's just, even the taste is like just pure chemical, you know? And like- You when can I, taste it now. Yeah. You know, so I got to get back to that because I remember that feeling too. It was just that, that it just felt better. You know, my mouth felt mm -hmm. better. The teeth felt better. And- that's just one detail, and then there's a whole bunch of soaps that I'm using and stuff. But when it's at the end of the day, what people need to stop doing is stop beating yourself up for what you're not doing. Mm -hmm. Focus on something, and and you know what? If you lose the if you lose track, you lose track. Try and bring yourself back, but you know, just eating. I would love to go a little full organic and 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 all that stuff, but it's financially not plausible, and it's really hard to know which ones are what. So, you know, focus on one thing. For me, you know, my coffee and my eggs. I eat eggs all the time and drink coffee every day. So those are the two things that I will take my financial budget for and I will get the, the fair trade, organic, good coffee and I will get the actual chicken eggs <laughs> from the farm. Nice. Everything else I don't beat myself up over. I will change certain things when and where I can, but the rest is you do what you can. Gradual and it's the same steps. thing for all of this. Yeah, gradual. It's... So there's a lot of the stuff that I've learned that I don't fucking apply, or I apply, I, I, bleh, I apply it, and then I fall off the ball a bit, and I gotta pick it back up, and you know I, I haven't made my laundry soap in a while, I gotta pick that back up. But you do what you can where you can, and just knowing what choices you're making is, is super important to it. I wanted to the point is that it's holistic, right? Like yeah. it's it's literally at all fronts, you know. So to be to be able to radically change your life in a in a society that is really not built for it yet also you know like it's yeah. it's just it's not plaus it's not possible like you're saying and and it must be if you're going to go out of your way to make mm -hmm. it easier on your wallet then it's going to spend it's going to take more time out of your day because you're making it more than buying it let's say so there there's there's all this kind of balancing factors and and 
you know, I just, I bought like a deodorant. Like there's this guy, Ben Greenfield. I think I told you about him. I was surprised you didn't know about him already, but he's like a health specialist and like a longevity expert. And he's a very interesting guy and he experiments on himself a lot and he's learned a lot. And so when I want like a toothpaste or like a natural deodorant or something, I literally just Google this guy and he goes like, look, these are the ones sponsoring me. So I might have a bias. And these are some other ones that I, that I recommend. And I just try to find one at Walmart and I buy it, you know, like I don't want to break my head, but I just want to kind of make the better decision. So there's middle grounds and you can kind of just ignore some corners of your life for now because you it is going to be overwhelming. And then beating yourself up is like that second arrow that we talk about a lot. Like, you, like there's no point in torturing yourself. I, I have a, You're I have a chart stress. hole. Yeah. Exactly. And that's bad too. So let's, let's remain in the holistic mentality <laughs> and give too. ourselves a break. That's exactly. Right. You know? Well, I mean, it like can if you be. start exercising and you drop it, ah, oh, you beat yourself up. You dropped it. No, either pick it back up or don't. Yeah. But like, if you do, you do. If you don't, you don't. Know that you should and do it when you can. Um, That's a tough psychology. I, uh, exercising is is me for, is rough for me too because, you know, I had, for me, I had to find the exercise that that stimulated me enough. And I tried yoga and I tried meditation and I tried walking, and I realized for me. As much as I'm, I'm fast paced. So yes, what I probably need is to slow down and kind of maybe do some yoga and some stretches. But I'm not there yet. So I started boxing, and that's that's fast paced. That's that's go go go, and it's satisfying, and I feel stronger, and I'm getting there. So before I can get to the point where I'm doing what's really good for me, doing the yoga and the slowing down, I need to burn off some of that energy first. So I I, I, I used to kick myself. I'm not yoga. I should be, but okay, I'm not there yet. Whatever, you know. Yeah, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. I've I've been forcing myself to like I've always been interested in yoga for like the last like five ten years of my life, but like I, it's really not suiting my personality, and I've been it's been an uphill battle. And I know we just, I know this is kind of an analogy, but it's it's turning into like a like a real example. I I just I just personally like right now meditation is not serving me too much so i need a kind of active or kind of like energy uh burning meditation or something and yoga itself is very physical for me right now you know like the like the, the, i've been forcing it for years and i haven't gotten anywhere with it so it, it's it's really tough sometimes but beneficial to just have that that kind of honesty i, I mean a, a, a friend of mine he talks about quitting weed a lot like he just smokes weed a little too often and he, and he wants to stop and he's not there yet. You know, obviously he wants to keep just getting blazed with his friends or whatever, whatever it means to him. And his girlfriend called him out recently. It was like, look, man, stop talking about it or just stop smoking weed, but don't do both. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, realization like, is like half the battle. So if you know you want to stop, okay, cool. But the fact that you're continuously saying it and I'm, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but it could mean that you really do want to and you're trying to remind everybody around you to, to remind you or you're just, you're not there yet. And if you're not there yet, you're not there yet. The, the problem though about talking about it and not acting on it is, it was in the book, The uh, Art of War, is that when you share um, a goal or something with people before it's done, everyone rewards that, oh, it's a good idea, it's a good idea. It actually gives you this confirmation that yeah. It kind of tricks you almost that you've done, you've completed the task without actually doing it because you're getting a reward for the huh. idea behind it. So we're but you're all, still getting the the satisfaction yes, of doing it almost without actually without doing, doing it. it. So it's that's a, interesting. So when you this topic has fascinated me. Yeah, and when you <laughs> yeah. recognize these patterns, 
you realize that sharing it is actually doing more harm than actually just going ahead and just doing it because you're you're tricking yourself into thinking you've already completed the task because you got the treat. Mm. You know, you said it, they gave you the cookie. Yeah, I'm good. And then you go right back to the square one. And we do, yeah, we all do that. That's interesting. We all and that's do what that I've everything. read a lot in, you know, I've read a couple of, you know, I mean, my nine to five job is still, you know, I work in a bank, I work in business. Um, I have a business degree. So, you know, a lot in business, they tell you when, when you have a goal, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone, just do it. And that makes a lot of sense now. I never understood really why. I was just like, okay, that makes sense. Cool. But that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Because as soon as you tell people, I mean, especially in business, either one, someone's going to take it or, but it gives you that instant gratification that you've told someone, someone pat you on the back and said, that's a great idea. (laughs) And then you're already satisfied. So you don't do anything. Yeah. It's the idea of the evil eye. You know, like if you're, if you're projecting, whether you mean it or not, you know, if you're, if whatever you're projecting, the energy becomes like a, like a free for all. Because other people are getting involved now. And I understand there's this social reward system of being like, hey, I'm going to quit smoking cigarettes. And everyone's like, oh, good for you. And now you have the good for you, even though you didn't fucking do anything. But there's there's an equal amount of like of argument about being accountable and being like, hey, I'm going to do this. And then you kind of feel like you have to because you've said it out loud. So it's a there's arguments yeah. on both ends. It's I think it's not that one negates the other. I think it's sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other, we, and it depends on yourself. You need to be and aware. It depends of it. on your goals. You need to be aware yeah, of what's but, happening because we, exactly. That's and it. what I think. Oh no, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you. but it's just it's that if you're not aware that you're getting that that boost and that dopamine and that reward system, and you just you go about it, you tell everyone this, and oh yeah, oh it's good, and you keep going about your life. But and then you're not going to see progression. But if you're aware of, of those, oh yeah, I'm getting a boost from that person, but I still need to do the task. Just the awareness is sometimes enough, you know. That says yeah. something about your friends too, though. I mean, like if you're going to say something, like, hey, I'm going to quit smoking, you know, and they go, awesome, and then they realize that you're not, and they go like, uh, and like, <laughs> like call your friend out, like give it, give a little t- like a tough love, and be like, hey, man, you said you were going to stop smoking, like. There's there, there's this quality of friendship, or maybe it's a social anxiety. It's so it gets so complicated. You know, well, one thing I was thinking about. I call it healthy shame. Exactly. Though. I call it healthy shame. Healthy shame. <laughs> accountability. Yeah. It's accountability. Yeah. And the, that's a different uh, word for it. Healthy shame. Healthy shame. Yeah. That's all. David Goggins is all about healthy shame. Yeah. And I love that book. It's, but you're uh, not the, putting my each other friend down. Was trying to. Sorry. You're not putting each other down. You're just pointing out something that they're not doing. You know, that's the the power of having a, a solid support group. You know, it's we healthy shame each other all the time. But my friend is saying he wants to stop smoking. And most of the time when he says it, he won't smoke like when we're together in that moment. But and then, like I said, his girlfriend just kind of called him out because she's with him more often and she's hearing him say it, but then smoke anyway. And so she's probably just getting fed up. And then that tough love came out. But maybe he is asking for help. And that's the way he's asking for help. You know, a lot of people need help and support. And, and, and support those comes in, d- in different ways. Sometimes it's just acknowledgement. Sometimes it's some physical help. Sometimes it's, it's, uh, just the person is overwhelmed and they need help figuring out their, their problem. Me, like me and Amanda, actually, we're, we're talking about my like current state of, of like my mental turmoil. And I just kind of blurted out this like daily routine and I, I needed somebody to bounce it off of. And I don't think you gave me any kind of adjustments, but I guess that's what I was looking for is like, Hey, is this a good idea? Like, I'm just not trusting myself right now. So there's, there's a million fucking layers to that. And, uh, and I think we can just kind of boil it down to like, look at the results. 
you know, like, like have some patience with yourself and look at the results. This got very like existential. Like let's talk about plants again. <laughs> we go where it goes. But what it comes down to, we go where it goes. Is, you know, whether it's plants or, or, or your life or your decisions, our safety and our health is never absolute. There's nothing set in stone about it. Whether it's safety from a toxic substance or safety from going outside, nothing is absolute. And this is what has that flip side of both terrifies me and motivates me because every single thing, every plant, every naturopathic substance I can give you, maybe not naturopathic, I don't know enough about that yet, but it can either work for you or it doesn't. And sometimes you're not going to know right away and sometimes it can have an adverse effect. Everything has to be tested and applied to, to know. And, you know, one of the things we do in class when we, you know, when we're learning about, I don't know, St. John's work. Today, we're going to learn about St. John's work. They don't give us the papers. They don't give us the binder. We don't get any, any pre-information on the plant. What we do first is the teacher brings in as many uh, uh, versions of the plant that's used medicinally possible, whether it's essential oils, uh, topical oils, uh, the plant in tea form, and we all try it. Everybody tries a little bit of all of it and write down how you felt. What did you think of? Did it have an effect? Did your tongue go numb? Did your brain start to think about something strange? And then everybody talks about their uh, feeling and, and what they got from it. And you always see with every plant, there's, there's rarely a plant that you get the same exact across the board. Everyone felt the same thing. Some people it numbed their tongue. Some people it didn't. Some people it made them really sad. It's, but there's always almost a, a full a full fifty fifty divide. It either does this or it does this, with a couple of random one offs of someone who was like, you know, there was one plant we tested. Oh, which one was it? It was. I don't remember the name right now, which is terrible. But everybody in the class decided I will never, as long as I can avoid it, I will never give this plant to anyone because it tastes like, like absolute garbage like it's for your digestive system it's oh, one of the chardon um it's bothering me now uh, not chardon marie but the was it that one anyways it was one of the plants and it was just so disgusting everybody agreed if i i will give you any other plant that does the same thing i will never give you this because no one's going to want to take no one's going to want to take it you know there's it's just disgusting. But like one and, person loved it kind of thing? Like, I think, I don't think there was anyone who did. I think everyone was like, nope, nope, nope. Gross. Like, <laughs> and it was, but it was just really that bad. Like it tasted like, like rust that had molded, that had punched you in the face. And it was just, you know, you take a sip and it was just, you know, and then there's, but that one is a super digestive that triggers every single facet of your body, of your body's excretion mm. to help you digest. And it really does. <laughs> but, you know, there are softer ones. And, you know, there's some plants you can have in tincture form. Some plants you can't because they don't have the molecules to be extracted by tincture. So some plants you have to take by tea. Um, and so if we're going to go into plants a little bit, tea. Um, if you, this is one of the most common errors, I don't want to call them errors, but misunderstood things that people do with tea. So if you are steeping your tea, let's say, uh, it looks like it's in a bag, but like anything leaf form okay. or flowers, anything that is uh, more fragile, 
every time I see people making tea, they're pouring boiling water over it. No. <laughs> you like <laughs> and this is everybody's done this for eons, right? Bad. <laughs> Bad. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> How come? <laughs> well you're you're burning the the medicinal value from it, mm. right? Um you're taking something like if so here's the rule of thumb, and this, I can't remember who told me this, but it was really good. If you stick your finger in the water and your your finger goes that, like ouch, your what do you think your plant is doing? It's burning up. So it smells nice because you're releasing the molecular compounds that give you the aroma, but you're burning all of the medicinal properties. Same thing as like with garlic. People cook with garlic, but there's a reason you add it at the end, mm. not in the beginning, because you you burn everything. Thank Whereas, you to Chef uh, Ramsey for teaching me that. <laughs> I was doing it wrong for so many years. But every so many people are, and that's the baseline. It doesn't matter what plant I'm giving you. If I give you the plant and you take it home and you're doing it wrong, you know, my, I'm supposed to educate you on how to, how to apply it as well. Whereas if I'm giving you something that's a root or bark, something that's harder, you want boiling water. We actually stick that in, a, like I stick it on a pot in the stove, and it's called a decoction. You boil it and you simmer it. You need something harsher to get out the, the molecular compounds that you need. Um, so that's like just the, the base level. If you have something and it looks pretty and it's, you know, if the leaf, you can crush it and it breaks and it's it's fragile, put like not anything but not boiling water. People even do it like cold, cold water. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot longer to steep, but you know, you want a middle ground. You want like lukewarm. You want it to be hot enough that your finger doesn't burn when you touch it interesting so when i'm making like a like a green tea every day or something and i'm and i'm doing this boiling water thing am i fucking up like the the medicinal uh effects like how does how do the chinese do it like they're the ones who said green I tea don't was know. awesome i not, we have a class on chinese medicine i have not taken it yet so i don't want to overstep or like i'm not sure um me anything like i all of my plants all of my teas that i that i take are in plant form i get them from and I can give you guys a list of the stores to add to the bottom uh, if that's helpful. But um, all of my plants are in plant form. Um, you know, if you're going to get those those bags of tea, you know, at least get organic. But everything that I use is that's, that's a stick. Like it's it's this is this is a raspberry leaf. There's a camera, you know, and it's so green tea is not something I've really touched on. But with those little, like the sachet, the little um, little baggies, still don't don't boil it, unless it's a it's a tea bag of like echinacea root, you know, like don't boil it. That's 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 the, the if there's anything I can tell you guys that anyone will take away today, don't boil it. So is it um, about drinking like a colder tea, or is it that you do it in lukewarm water or cold water, and then can you heat it up after to like a tea temperature, or you just drink it? in that in that warmer colder state yeah, i drink it in that colder warmer state and mm. you know i mean if you really want to heat it up after i guess you could but then you know are you going to stick it in a microwave because that's the whole other bag of monkeys um you know the, and you kind of we're so used to drinking hot tea and again it's just something to adapt yourself to now most of my tea is is hot ish to lukewarm um you can go full cold tea if you want make it into an iced tea if you want um but don't, you know, it's something that now if, if someone gives me a, you know, I go somewhere and someone gives me a cup of tea, 
and it's too hot. Like my my mouth can't actually handle things when they're too hot anymore because I've acclimatized myself to lukeish warm. Mm. Um, or so like w- one of my tricks. Let's say I want to add honey to my tea. I'll put the honey at the bottom of the cup, and then I put a bit of boiling water, mix the honey in, so that that's how you get that liquefied version of the the honey, and then. I'll add the plants and the rest of the lukewarm water so it kind of balances out. But, you know, that's... I'm taking the time to do that so that I get the full medicinal value of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has time for that. Yeah. And that's where, you know, learning about, you know, the person you have in front of you. If you come to me and you're not the type of person who even likes tea or has the time to make tea, then I'm going to maybe want to give you a, a tincture instead, something that you add a few drops into some water and take it like a shot or an essential oil that you take in a, a bit of honey. It's it's also knowing the person in front of you and, you know, like garlic. Raw garlic is probably the most beneficial, but I can't eat raw garlic. I just, I can't. I try every once in a while. I can't. So I, I was sick once and I read online talk about instant gratification first google search chew raw garlic <laughs> so i cut up half a fucking thing and just stuffed it down my throat and i remember i fell to the floor in the kitchen i was on the floor like <sighs> just like huffing and puffing and for like 30 minutes after felt like someone was just like drilling in my intestines that's a kicker yeah it's it kicker really is. is a lightly way to put if it if you have like if you have i don't know what's something common people um heartburn for someone who's got acid reflux yeah. Don't do it either. Oh, like I was in so much pain. I'll never forget that moment. You learn the hard way. Learn through education and but application. I will still do it again. Experience, man. I, well, I had so a similar. Yeah. Garlic is one again. of those things um, that. So suppositories are super useful. Uh, one of the things we've learned that I have not tested yet, but you can actually take. Let's say you have like a really intense uh, cold or something like that. Sammy, <laughs> worried about where I'm going with this. <laughs> Straight to camera. Um. <laughs> um, you could take, you know, you take the piece of garlic and you 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 take uh, you take all the you know the the papery layer off and you make sure there's no cuts in it and it's all good to go and you can just straight up suppository that. And it's other people have tried and said it it really like gets rid of your your cold like hmm. really quick. But again, if you're on like blood thinners or if you have a surgery coming up or if you have heartburn, I wouldn't do it. Um, but it's, you know, it's the fastest way, even if you're not putting garlic up there, it's the fastest way to uh, cure anything that's respiratory illness is, you know, suppository. Um, it was just one of those weird classes where everyone probably had the same look on their face as Sammy. We're like, you could do what now with it? <laughs> to What? <laughs> Imagine you're going into a surgery. Do you want to maybe coat it in some like? (laughs) It's like what's this over? You know, God forbid, an accident or something, and the person, you know, the doctors are like, "What? What did you?" Doctors probably have some really interesting stories of random stuff they found in, on, or around people in accidents. To be honest, (laughs) I'm sure there's entire websites and subreddits. (laughs) (laughs) What What is it about garlic that is just so medicinal? Because well, it's it's one of those immune system powerhouses right it just it stimulates so your immune system is 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 actually fascinatingly complex um and so you have certain plants that support it like just kind of tonify it they they help they help its function and then you have other plants that give it a kick like they boost they they increase the 
the the macrophage and the lymphocytic uh, production. They just make your whole immune system's uh, army go into hyperdrive. Like everybody gets ready for battle and they're stimulating you like rah, like the guy at the front lines, like giving them that speech, like, ah, we're ready for a fight. That's kind of what garlic <laughs> does. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people, you know, I guess in a pandemic, your immune system is probably a, a hot topic right now, but mm. people get very gung ho on stimulating their immune system, which is good. But also, you know, if you're someone who has autoimmune issues, don't do it. <laughs> you're going to actually increase your autoimmune uh, trigger symptoms. Um, what I prefer is, you know, things that are so immune system supports. You want adaptogens, things that help your body manage the fight. Mm. You know, garlic is, is that guy on the front lines who just gets everybody ready and it, it goes and gets more warriors and it stimulates and it's, it's just, like it's, a, it's really like a kick. It's like a energy drink for your immune system. Exactly. And okay. you know, that's really good at the first sign of symptoms. So it's garlic and like echinacea. Echinacea is also a really common one. Yeah. It's an immune system stimulant. So you want to take those at the first sign of, you know, you start to get a runny nose. You start to kind of feel a little congested. Give yourself that stimulant, but do it short term. Do it for like a day or two. Yeah. Give your body the full kick for a couple of days, but don't long term, you know, it, it's not, you don't want to overly stimulate your immune system on a regular basis either. So when you're saying immune system support is, is a better approach, for, especially for people with autoimmune problems. Is that just like uh, like vitamin D and stuff like that, or? Um. So I haven't. Vitamins are something we've kind of touched okay. on, but I don't like. I can't pull up enough okay. out of the top of my head to really go into details. Mm. But you know, I think vitamin C is is definitely one of the immune system supports. Yeah. Uh, your vitamin D, from what I can remember, the best way to get that is actually outside from sunlight. Mm. You know, if you can't get sunlight, then you know. Uh, capsules and things like that are still better but i'm a firm believer just with what i've learned so far that as much as possible you should get your vitamins from your plate and outside but eat your vitamins that's your body digested and assimilates it a lot better that way um, but changing your e eating habits is really difficult and you know supplements can help for that mm. um but things like um uh, astragalus is one of them um they're adaptogens so astragalus, um, if you're dealing with, you know, some people go into like chaga or reishi and mushrooms. I, I don't know too much about the mushrooms, but I know they're also adaptogens. Um, astragalus nettle, stinging nettle is a really, really great adaptogen. It, it helps your body at multiple levels. So an adaptogen, it hits more, I guess, your nervous system than your immune system, but it, it ties together so well because part of your immune system is your, you know, your stress, the stress factor. If you're putting your body in a constant state of stress, your body's constantly in fight or flight. Mm. And in, when it's in fight mode, it's almost the same as, as, as sickness mode. Your body's is, is ready for battle. It's, yeah. it's whether, you know, if it's a stress that's caused by something emotional, well, you're a little more emotionally triggered. So your battle is a little more, is, is, is more nervous system related. But when your body is also in fight mode, because there's a, a foreign invader or a bacteria, you, you're still going through almost a, a very similar. From what I understand, I'm still, I'm still very new in a lot of this. Even though you know, I studied in this for five years, but I feel like <laughs> the more you learn, the more you realize you we don't know it. Isn't that the anything. best way to approach? Ah, uh, always... amazing. But yeah. then you fumble over yourself when you're trying to explain something because yeah. you're like, ah, <laughs> uh, wait, what? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So 
you're just when your body's fighting off whether it's a bacteria or a virus or an emotion your 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 body is is using up energy it's putting all of your energy whether it's your 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 oxygen or your your nutrients it's putting it to the wherever the point of of the fight is so if it's your nervous system it's it's all going there if it's a a bacteria it's all going to to your immune system so an adaptogen just helps your body deal mm. It helps that stress factor and those those bad hormones that I can't remember right now. It helps them have less of an impact. So when you're thinking long-term immune support or long-term system support, adaptogens are the best way to go because they just add nutrients to your body. They help your body regulate its energy. They help, you know, your cells are going to have better access to the energy that it needs and access to the reserves. And it's going to help... Um, your hormones not deplete those reserves in your cells so much and even your your oxygen gets used better so you know immune system boosters like echinacea and garlic are really great first line of contact first sign of, of infection you take them you give your body that powerhouse boost that it needs but long term you know for me nettle is my favorite one um it's a super anti-inflammatory it's really useful for you know your bones and your, your nervous system and, and everything in general uh, um, forgive me, but what is nettle? Is it a leaf? Is it a type of plant? Like I don't, I don't know anything. I hear it all the time, but I actually don't know what it is. It's so it's commonly referred to as stinging nettle. Um, it's a plant that grows. It's it's leaves primarily. Um, it actually looks very similar to cannabis. Um, it was a trick my one of my teachers or someone mentioned about you know grow them in the same spot if you want to hide them. Um, but it also if you touch it. It's it's it literally stings you. I sorry um, sorry to cut you off. I, I remember now. I saw a video. There's like this world record nettle eater. He ate like seventy yards of nettle in one sitting or no, something. My. <laughs> did he did he cook it a little bit? No, or he just ate it raw. And this raw? guy yeah, this guy uh, challenged him and was just tearing up his mouth or something. It was just so much pain. So that's that's, that's where I heard it from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really like and we I remember because we went into a forest and the teacher was like, so who's never had contact with stinging nettle? And I was like. Shouldn't have done that. Um, but he just, okay, and he just tapped me with it. And it was like an instant inflammation response. Wow. It was almost like a bug bite, but painful, not itchy. And then it gets itchy. Um, wow, this guy's which eating it. That's back crazy. in the day, yeah, that's insane, right? <laughs> I, I would never, I'm going to look this guy up after. Yeah. Um, but back in the day, they used to actually use it for inflammation. Because inflammation just brings all of the, the, the blood cells to the issue so it can be repaired. So mm. they used to use this to repair things. If you had an inflammation in one of your joints, they would hit it with nettle. Um, so, I mean, when you take it in raw form, I don't think anybody takes it in raw form. Um, you either dry it, and when you dry it, those little hairs that cause the sting, they kind of, they, they, they dry out. Okay. Um, even then, when you touch it, though, like it's still kind of stingy not stingy but just like prickly um some people you can add it to a stir fry but like you just cook it for like a couple of seconds so that it becomes like more like spinach like squishy um you eat it like that they add it to soups um some people take it in powdered pill form um but it's really a dried leaf okay um they make tinctures out of it um and some tinctures you know you have your alcohol solvents or your vinegar solvents um so it's really just, it's one of the, the base ones that, that, that I love. Um, and when you learn about, we learn about 
I don't know how many, somewhere between 100 and like 200 different plants over the course of the program. And everyone ends up kind of with their little plants that they prefer to work with because it, it speaks to them more or they mm -hmm. just have more experience with it. So nettle for me is one of my primaries. Um, another good one is astragalus. That is actually a root form. Do I have that one here? So it's um, astragalus root. So you have a whole plant, but some plants you really just want to use the root. Um, and you can, so they dry the root out and it comes in like these like thin little strips. And that, uh, I know Chinese medicine, they use it in soups. Okay. Um, I've made some soups with it. Like you add it to your soup stock while you're boiling your soup and, and then you take it out. Um, or you can just kind of chew on it, which is a really, really weird experience. Um, it's almost like gum, but it's not because it, it starts hard and then it just becomes chewy and kind of grainy. Some people love the taste. I it's it's one of those tastes that you gotta kind of get used to. It was weird for me. It's kind of sweet, kind of not, and you're just like, what is this? <laughs> and it's um it's a really good adaptogen. Um, so that's immune system support. There. That that one helps support the immune system. Yeah. Okay. And it's you know it's 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 an adaptogen which helps support your immune system and support your nervous system. Nice. Okay. Without challenging it, like you were saying, like they're like, I mean, I, I learned about this when I was learning about uh, Ayurveda, and uh, a lot of things, like even in the in the yogic, like the sattvic diet, they, there's a lot of things they take out because they treat them as medicine, and a lot of that was garlic, uh, onions, ginger, mm. like these are things that we and like turmeric, you know, like we're, we like we put this stuff in our in our food every day because we hear that it's good for us, but the truth is, it's like your your you're you're not only taking away from the medicinal effect because your body is adapting to it, but you're you're possibly constantly challenging your immune system. There's something you're like you're, exactly yeah. as opposed to the adaptogens. Like I learned a bit about adaptogens because of the lion's mane and uh, like cordyceps. A lot of mushrooms they have this. I don't know what I don't know. I don't really understand. Like the category of adaptogen is probably very broad, but it's like you're you're giving your body something that it needs that it won't have too much of. It's just going to allow you to it's a, it adapts to to your needs. I, yeah, I don't it'll I, if you're if it let's say the little cellular molecules go to a specific point in your body, it will kind of determine does this need stimulating or suppressing? Because sometimes it needs to be calmed down a little bit, and it'll however it works that I. You know, I, I'm very bad at recalling like the specific cellular molecular names. I'm not a chemist, um, but it'll make that decision. It, the cells will just know, based on science, what it needs, mm. and it'll do whatever it needs. Which I don't want to get into cellular. I love like molecular biology because it's so it's so drowning. Like I don't. I almost I almost feel like I should go to school for it just to <laughs> satiate my curiosity because it's like. It's like it's physics. It's pressure systems. It's osmosis. It's like these complex machines that are just yeah. like being pushed through these tubes that your heart or your lymph like are, are just like like making travel around your body. And then just physics happens, and they know what to do because of like the shape of the protein or because of the the pressure caused by the gases. Like there's no intelligence involved. It's just like it reveals evolution to you when you look at the 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 like the biological mechanisms, you know, it's just, it's just bumping into shit and figuring out what it has to do because of, of like the a, shape or it's like the, a complex the, Tetris. the structure. Huh? It's like a complex Tetris game, you know? Exactly. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned the lymphatic system. Um, 
you know, people sometimes go, well, how does exercising really help my immune system? And, you know, your lymphatic system is like, a, it's, it's not a primary function, but it's, it's a really, it's a key function because that's what moves all of, it moves everything around. It moves all of the antibodies and it moves the cells around to where they need to go. So if, you know, you're, if you're sick and you just go for a walk, I mean, don't overly do it. Don't, you know, don't go boxing when you feel like crap, just go for a walk, stand up, move around. You're, your, your immune, uh, your lymphatic system is the transportation for your immune system cells. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to fight something off, but you never get out of bed, not once, it's going to take longer. You have to move around. And that's the same thing for removing toxins from your body. Your body removes toxins on its own on a regular basis. But if you don't move, that's going to be a much slower process. Yeah, that's fair. That's something we learned in the massage school. Like the lymph is a very complicated system of... of you know, tubes, kind of like your your circulatory system, but like there's no heart. There's no, this is a theory I have actually, because uh, in the show Doctor Who, the, this, the main character is like this alien with two hearts. And it's just like a running joke that, you know, it's just a, a weird sci-fi thing. But my, my theory is that his lymphatic system has a heart, so he doesn't have to move for long periods of time like we do. Like mm. he could probably just go into some kind of sa- like stasis and just like keep being alive like a fucking tardigrade or something. <laughs> but... But yeah, like it's your it, it's muscular pump. Like you, the fact that you're moving is what's m- moving the the lymph. And I mean, a- Angie was getting into it in the last podcast. Well, there's a lot of crossover with oh, Angie and, always, yeah. and Amanda. But uh, a- apparently, there's many functions, and I don't know them, so I'm not gonna tr- pretend, you know. But it has to do with your immune system and cellular waste and all this jazz. And uh, yeah. It doesn't fucking it, like I'm sitting down right now, and apparently, like my whole bottom half of my body, the the lymph is shut because I'm sitting in a chair. Well, it, it like, like well, that's I don't, that's not very explanatory, but um, it's being pinched <laughs> off, like a like yeah, a, like, it's like a, pinching a, a like hose. A, yeah, you know. And people spend all day sitting at a desk doing that. Yeah, you know that's and then plus you, they wear super tight pants. Like I. I don't know. I don't, I, at some point, I started wearing more comfortable clothing, and then when I tried to wear tight jeans, I could, like if my pants are too tight, I I'm trying to pry them off. I sit there, I'm all twitchy. My legs mm. feel like they're lacking circulation. And like, what, what's scary though is that the lifestyle that well, at least now it's kind of changing because people are working from home because of the pandemic. But those people with the nine to five office jobs, you're not considering also the extra hour it takes of travel sitting in a car. So then let's 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 put that to about seven hours of total sit- sitting when they're going up, they're going for coffee or water and lunch breaks. So seven hours of, of stagnation in one spot. Then you go home, you sit for dinner, and then you go you sit and watch television. Where Some people are sitting like 10 to 12 to 14 hours a day. So imagine what that's doing to the lymphatic system, the circulatory system. And it's, I look at it, when I was studying osteo, we were talking about it as a highway of transport. So imagine the traffic those highway systems are having when you're just sitting down and then you're doing that cause and plus the the stresses of life and the pressures probably at work so now you have cortisol pumping through and your body's like ready for fight but you're not you're not giving it that you're just staying in a seated position so that all these things are going to start coming out in long-term effects of heart problems and stuff but it's all because of that lack of movement lack of circulation you know and that's actually funny it's gotten worse for me working from home because Mm. You know, when I would go to work, I would get up in the morning, walk to the bus stop, walk through Placeville Marie, walk through, you know, I, I always thought when I used to go to work that oh, I didn't move all day. 
but I'd still have to walk to the washroom, which was like five minutes away. I'd have to walk to my lunch, which was five minutes away. I'd get up multiple times. I'd get up to go talk to my colleague or ask my manager a question. I'm home now. I get up, I go upstairs. The kitchen is two feet away. The bathroom is two feet away. Everything I need is right here. My manager is on a phone. Mm. And I maybe like a week or two into it, I was like, oh my God, like, ow, everything hurt. Ow. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm not moving, like at all. Yeah. Like, I thought I mean, it'd like be a better. Habit structure. Well, no, exactly. I, then you have to you have to focus on okay, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna go for a walk or I'm gonna go outside. You know, when I take my dog out back, I run around with her now. Like right. it's it's as much exercise for me as it is for her. Like <laughs> you have to discipline yourself. Yeah, I got a yoga ball. That's that was my discipline. I was like, because at at work we have standing desks, which oh, is really yes. nice. But a lot of people end up sitting all day or standing all day, and it's not much better for you. Like the, the mm-hmm. dynamic is is the is the, the contrast is what's health, healthy, you know. So I try to like, I tried to like switch it up every break. I would like bring it down, bring it up. Sometimes you're you know you're resting on a hip or something, and you're you want to sit down again. But at at home, I just I just sat in this stupid chair, man. And then I got a <laughs> yoga ball and. I started getting pains because, like, you you have to really engage your core, and you can't do that for fucking eight hours. I mean, I can't yet, but it's it's it just becomes a different environment and a different and a new challenge. And it's it seems like something. It seems like a kind of secret theme that we're that we're touching on the whole podcast. Like, change is is not always easy, but results are what really speak. And sometimes they take time, and that's that goes for pharmaceuticals too. You know, if you're jumping on that on. Uh, anti-anxieties or antidepressants or ADHD medication or something, you might not have the effect for the first few weeks or months and the dosage or the, or the medication might be wrong. So there's no instant gratification anywhere you look. Mm. And if it is, if it's, if, if it is there, it's probably fucking you over in, in some right. fundamental way. And it, it's still a lot faster, you know, regular pharmaceuticals than, you know, using plants and, you know, your body has to adapt and you're, you're, you know, the first time I started really having teas daily, it, it took a while. Um, to really start to feel the effects and then it becomes almost second nature mm. your body adapts to those effects and then it kind of sometimes you know what the worst thing you want to do is create something that you have a dependency on either um, if if you come to me and you need help sleeping and I'm going to give you a tincture you know I don't know, a chamomile tincture or a tea to go to bed um, and you take it every night well you're just creating the dependency on on the tincture or the tea you're not you know that's going to help the symptom. It's going to help you fall asleep. But, you know, okay, so is it that you're lacking minerals? Maybe we'll give you something else that's going to help you with that. Mm. Are you drinking too much coffee? Which, like, everybody is. Um, you know, what's the root problem? And, and you know, studying, it's, it's so weird because the more I study plants, the more I realize that oftentimes the, the plants help you. The plants are there to support our body and help our body. But most of our problems are due to some other outlying factor. And, you know, my role with any client in front of me is to help them figure out what the root cause is. You know, here's some plants. It's going to help you sort out your, your shit. It's going to help your, support your body. You know, if, if you need an immune boost right now, you need an immune boost. You know, here, here's some garlic. Suppository. I, I can't wait to actually tell someone to do that, like, officially. <laughs> just just for kicks. Yeah. Um, but like, it, it's still there's just so many other factors. Like, you got to practice your straight face in the mirror. Uh, You're like, yeah. you need I to can't. take this garlic <laughs> and you need to shove it up your butt. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> uh, straight faces are not my thing. <laughs> like, 
Well, I mean, you got to laugh. It's like, it's not well, an everyday thing. that's the fun thing. part, you know? Like, and that's, for me, being, being too serious, it depends on the person in front of you. You know, some people, if you crack a joke about their serious issue, they're not going to really appreciate it very much. And, yeah. you know, for me, I'm the, I enjoy jokes. I enjoy making jokes out of things because it alleviates tension. But you have to learn to read the person in front of you. If they're not down for that butt jokes, you can't make the butt joke. Like, <laughs> you just got to learn. And I'm still learning. Yeah. You know, I work in a very professional environment. And I've gone into this professional environment being very much me. And sometimes it works. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I should not have said that. Like, full <laughs> Hagrid, I should not have said that. And it's a learning can curve, I, you know? Can I ask you, because... I mean, we, we didn't like, I don't, I don't feel like we properly introduced you at all. And we're like pretty much like at the end of the hour, <laughs> 30, which I really hope you can keep going. Cause I have like a thousand questions, but, um, when you were in the army, when you yeah. were in the, what, yeah, I just, yeah. we talked about it last time I spoke to you, but it, was it, was it very much the opposite? Was it like, a like swearing, like sailors kind of like everyone kind of taking the piss out of each other? Uh, so that, that kind of depends where you are in the ranks. Um, if you're new, you are very much like you, you joke and it's not good. You're supposed to take everything serious and do exactly what you're told. And, you know, you don't get that buddy-buddy camaraderie, except with your own, you know, all the other noobs there. Um, you know, the higher up you went or the more comfortable or the more experience you had, the more it was more acceptable to partake in those jokes. But it was very much the, the basic training of it is really serious it's no joking you're you know you there's no fun in it um mm. because they need you to be able to just flip that switch and 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 be serious on a dime because technically you're you're the people around you their lives are going to depend on you yeah um so that was and that's part of why i, I left i'm you know i mentioned it before I'm, I'm a very tiny human being um and when i joined it was when i was much younger and uh, was I need. I had this dire need to prove to people that I could do things that normal-sized human beings could do. So I did the craziest thing I could think of and join the military. I don't, I, I don't know what happened there, but well, props, it was fun. Props to you. Like I learned a lot. I would not survive it now. I don't know how I did half the shit I did. Um, but I also, you know, I was the weakest link. I would have had to drop everything else in my life to physically be able to do this. And if other people's lives are relying on me potentially that's not a good you know it's not a good link to be and i just decided at one point well you know somebody might lose an arm or a leg or or their life because i couldn't physically hold my weight why am mm -hmm. i here you know it's detrimental to everybody else potentially so i've i proved my point <laughs> not so well uh <laughs> Tried it, didn't go well, learned some cool shit. Okay, what's next? Like, <laughs> hey, Get what you need and got out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, Did you some know what? fun I, stuff. I, I, I'm just curious personally, but uh, did any of that experience kind of lead you – obviously it did lead you to like these current interests and this current like vocation that you're exploring. But did anything directly lead you to no. – not from no. that. That no was connection. I was in like in my very early twenties, um, and the military uh, drinks a lot. Um, like we would spend after every training just getting blasted. Um, so I was when I was you know I was much younger. Went out to a lot of bars and clubs, and just I was not self analyzing at all. I wasn't uh, I wasn't at that stage. So that was just a thing that I did 
that I just did. It didn't lead to any of like, I don't remember like, I remember the training parts of it, but I don't remember anything else. <laughs> like, Sounds like a gung ho teenager. Drunkest energy. time I've been in my life. Like no, great well, people. Yeah. Like not to put them down or anything. They're not a bunch of drunks, but you work really hard and you play equally hard. So. Yeah. That's necessary. Okay, back to plants. I guess I don't. <laughs> I don't want to turn this into a like shitting on the military. Yeah. Well, yeah, I probably would have never done that had I had the mindset that I do now that's a little more conspiracy theorist and, and you know, fuck the system type area. Like, I, I would have, looking back at it, I'm like, what? Like, yeah, but I'm sure, I'm. maybe you needed a certain discipline to get into it in the first place, but I'm sure it gave you a different, like a different structure of, of mind and or body. Oh, yeah, I mean, the discipline factors is... Like you have to, you have to do it. There's no, when they say jump, there's no question. There's no, not only is there no question, but there needs to be no delay between them saying jump and you jumping. So is that a healthy discipline then? No. Did you, did you learn a lot <laughs> from that or did you have to kind of unlearn some stuff? It's on unlearning. Like I had to, I had to put the brakes on in a lot of areas of my life after that because it becomes natural and then you end up doing everything in such a like, like just, I had to slow down after that. Yeah, it sounds like a cascade of duty. Yeah, a cascade of holy shit is mm. what that was. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, this is my personal curiosity. I've known you forever, and so I'm just like I'm just like asking you. So if if we now. don't cut this part out of the podcast, I went to elementary school with Sammy. Okay. Yeah. I knew Sammy when he was a tiny little turd. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I was also a tiny turd though, so it's fine. <laughs> I no, you were the same size you are now, so we yeah, were like exactly. Equal. Yeah, and then I just kind of, I outgrew you vertically. Not, yeah, not as the, did not everybody emotional. else in class. So, okay. <laughs> I love that. Well, it's actually yeah. I went to I have a, a a little brother, and when I went to his elementary school graduation, there was like kids that were like ten, eleven, twelve that were bigger than me, and I'm standing there like oh. Um, they're like one of the teachers is trying to put me in a line to go to like some class i'm like no no, no like, i am a full-grown woman I, exactly i'm an adult <laughs> look, at my, look at my like you just carded for the rest of your life yes and you know my boyfriend is he's a he's like six foot tall a big guy he's like 200 and something like just a big bear of a human being and it's happened more than once that if i go we went to i think it was like super c and the woman, he went to get cigarettes, and the woman looked at me and looked at him and then asked me for cards because I was standing with him. And he's like, what? Like, I have a beard. Like, what? Yeah. And then she's just looking at me. And I was like, okay, I'll show you my cards then. Like, yeah. But people say when I get older, though, um, I will appreciate it. Um, just, you know, when I stand in a room full of corporate professionals and I'm standing there, like, take me seriously. And they're like, what? Like, <laughs> They're there. <laughs> yeah, That's great. Like, well, I get. Uh, I mean, I keep. I keep trying. I keep trying to avoid the the personal talk, but I just. I'm just. It's. Just, we're just sinking into it, so I'm going to embrace it. I would just love to know if you have any kind of like, because uh, because I just keep admiring you. Like you you're 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 a you're a self starter. You you fucking went in the military and you're five foot nothing. Like you're you're. And now you're no offense, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not short shaming you or fact. anything. That's it. Well, if anything, I'm I'm kind of giving you like the extra compliment. I'm wondering if you have some kind of complex, you know, like like you. You're, <laughs> I did you're, for a while. 
that's it. Okay, I guess you've you've worked through it. But like you and you you self taught yourself to to make like complicated and beautiful cakes, and you had like your own business for a while. Like every time I talk to you, you're doing something and like in full. You're you're like a you're like be, getting paid for it kind of thing. Like you're not just like oh I'm like interested in blah. Like you're like oh no I'm in the field so to speak. So now and then and then within those you're also like they're overlaying they're overlapping because it's the last five years like you've been saying that you've been learning about this stuff so and then on top of that you've had a nine to five this whole time so i I mean i i appreciate the compliment um um, i'm still a little weird with that kind of you know accepting compliments um i think in terms of like having a complex I've, i've always kind of and this is something i've been trying to avoid doing but I get really excited about something and I forehead first into it. Um, so that like the area of study I'm in now, let's say the past like seven years has been me, cause it took me about two years to find it has been me kind of putting, pulling the reins up and kind of saying, okay, don't forehead first full fledged into something. Let's kind of find the thing that I want to forehead first into. Mm. Um, and even then like, as much as I say I forehead first into things, it's because I get really excited and I'm like, oh, this, and then I buy a bunch of shit and I start doing a bunch of shit and then I either realize it's not for me or I kind of get excited about something else. This has been the one thing that I've stuck with the longest and I don't foresee myself ever dropping it because it's so... I, I get bored easily. That's maybe what it is underneath everything. I need to be doing something different. And also, there's just so many things now in the the society that we currently live with in the way everything is you know skydiving never existed bungee jumping never existed all of the martial arts that that you guys have spoken about and that you guys have done used to be limited to like ninjas you know you had to be ninja warrior to learn how to fight like that mm-hmm. so we just have this ultimate freedom right now to try all of these diverse things and i have this innate need to try as many of them as i can um but you know being a little bit older now, I've, I've kind of narrowed some of it down and I, I still have a to-do list of stuff that I'll, I still check, check off certain boxes here and there. And like, you know, horseback riding is something I've always loved and I, I do it, but when and where I can, I would love to forehead first into it, but I know that in my lifestyle right now, it's just not possible. But plants and, and medicine is something that's so diverse that I can stick with this and always be doing something different with every client, with every person, with every method of of treatment it's just it's never gonna i'm never gonna stop learning and maybe that's my goal underneath is to really just continuously learn i have the same uh, approach to things and when i was younger i would just do as much as i can see what i like and then if it's not good i'm out but i would invest so much energy in that moment of going head on into whatever i'm doing like small examples like i learned the game scopa like an italian card game you know this was years back and then, yeah, scope. I got so obsessed with it, I started researching like eight, like really well-crafted Scopa decks and like $40, $50 decks. And I was going to buy them and I'm like, I want to get it to Scopa. I'm going to learn all about the, the history of it. And then I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's take a step back here. I have limited, re- limited time, limited energy. I got to direct this into more specific things. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? How old were you? This was like 23 or 24. I was just so... I'm in- still <laughs> figuring that shit out now, bro. <laughs> That's amazing. And you know, but it, it's... It's beautiful to have that because there's such an eager to learn and to, to, to grow and to go full on. But 
it's got to be directed because if you spread too thin, you usually burn out and crash. And it's happened be to me before, yeah. you know, like the guitar, for example, like I, I was when I first started, I was playing four or five hours a day going on. But then there's ever other avenues in my life that were just kind of fading out. So it's just finding these kind of balances that are uh, it's new territory for me, but it's it's coming. So it's it's exciting to see that, too. You know, exactly. And this is like, um, yeah, I still don't know what I want to do with all of this um and you know i i've tried i've had to kind of put the brakes on a few times where i've seen or heard of opportunities that i could full on for head first and just but i have to drop everything else so you know right now the nine to five that i have it's maybe not as emotionally satisfactory as as it would be to go full-fledged into this mm. you know um you know my buddies make a joke sometimes like oh go full hippie um but for me, that's just not who I am. And right now it's not plausible. So in the beginning, I kick myself a lot. Like, why am I learning all this, but not, you know, applying myself or not making some huge plan to have a farm somewhere and, and grow all of my own stuff. And like, you know, pick, and this comes down to even how I found this, um, you know, people oftentimes tend to fight with each other over what worldly issue is more important or what they should be paying attention to or their method of fighting back against the system everybody's got to find their own way you know i tried going to a few protests in the beginning you know was taking to the streets going to be my thing and i tried it and i didn't like it okay no that's not my thing but it works for these guys so cool you do you um and i i went full crazy in the beginning like you know when you start to those beginning stages when you really start to realize how much shit in the world is just shit and you go crazy and you're like oh my god get oh my god yeah. exactly yeah. and then i had to just okay you know and, and you mentioned cakes before um i wanted to make my boyfriend a cake for his 25th birthday and then i googled world of warcraft cakes and the cakes i found i was like holy shit this exists people do this and then i i found some youtube videos figured out what kind of materials i needed and i made him a cake it was the worst cake in the world but it launched me into figuring out how to make those cakes. So for like four years, I self-taught myself with like tiny workshops and things like this, how to decorate cakes. And that's what actually proved to myself that I could actually do anything I wanted. Anything I wanted to do, I could do successfully because it became successful. Mm. So after I figured that out, I was like, well, cakes. Cakes isn't really helping anybody. It's not helping any of those, <laughs> those worldly issues. It doesn't do anything. It makes people happy for five minutes and then gives them diabetes. Cool. Um, so then I started to look. And I looked and I looked and I found this. And Sweet. you know, find your avenue and do it relentlessly to the maximum of your capacity at the moment. And if after X amount of years it doesn't pan out or you don't, it, it doesn't work for you anymore, there's nothing wrong with what people say giving up but there's nothing wrong with dropping it so you could do something more productive you didn't waste any time because you learned a bunch of stuff about something that nobody else now knows in depth as you do and there is no giving up you know i look at it now exactly this term that's coming to my mind is just like it's changing the song you know when that song is over just go to the next thing you know and exactly that's all it is you know like for me i was starting in personal training now i do massage and now the podcast and now there's other th avenues i'm kind of directing and it's just like i just got like this multi-track song that i can listen to different tunes and go back 
And you know what? That's part of it. You know, some people are very good being rigid into one song, one avenue, one career, and that's their thing, and that's perfect too. But there, it's just what works for you and what's 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 at your core, what's interesting. You know. Exactly, and you know, Sammy, you said that I I, I always do a bunch of things, and this is the one thing that I have like a million ideas, like business ideas. I could launch into this. I could sell products. I could consultation for whatever, whatever. It's the first thing I found that I haven't started any of that. And I have a million ideas and I keep writing them down and I have a list of them. But there's a fear factor because it's the first thing that I'm really, really serious about. And it's also something that if I if I fuck up, like, it's really bad. <laughs> you, you have people's health to a certain extent in your hands. And I don't want to go into it until I really feel comfortable and like I have enough of a knowledge base to, to do it and you know some people take a you know a year or two of the program and then they, they start fabricating stuff or they, they launch into you know saying they're professionals in their field and if that's what you want to do that's what you want to do but and I, I think I, I get worried sometimes that I'm never gonna feel that confident when I'm studying because it's so so diverse. How could you know all of it? But even just talking with you guys and when I talk to some people sometimes the amount that I've actually managed to retain, I'm like, okay. Like when I first started, when, when we first started the anatomy, oh my God. Oh my God. I was freaking out. I, I like flunked the first two exams. I had to retake a bunch. Like I just, it didn't compute. But then the further in you go, the more it starts to make sense. Mm. But then I always still felt like I was just fumbling through it. And then I try and think about the body and how it works. And I find myself actually able to explain certain things to people who know nothing. And I've retained a lot more than I give myself credit for, and a lot of people have that issue too. Yeah, I mean, it's you're holding yourself to your own standard instead of like comparison, and and then that could be, it's intuitive. You're like you're just kind of waiting to see when when this hobby turned interest turned like uh, academia is going to be like it, like it's going to be prominent enough in your life that it's going to need more attention. Like you're going to like, like, like the opportunities are going to come because like you, you built it. So they will come, you know, like you're, yeah. you're not, you're not chasing down your dreams. You're just reinforcing your, your competence. And like one day you're going to have to, you know, excuse the, the expression, but quit your day job. Maybe not literally, but like you're, you're, something's going to have to give because you're just feeding into this and then naturally it's going to take over your life one day. So there's no, I guess there's no pressure. Obviously, exactly. obviously you're going to feel the way you feel. Yeah, but. And I, I guess the, you know, the first year I signed up for the program, I was so gung ho. I added like, it's like, yeah, I could take like four classes a week. Yeah, that totally works. This is just like three hours a night. It's fine. It's fine. Totally fine. The homework load attached to it was not fine. And by the end of like the first year, I was like, oh my God, like, no, what did I do? And then over the course of the years, I slowly added less and less to my curriculum every year because I realized why am I, you know, you just, you wanted to learn everything at once, but you're yeah. not actually retaining any of it if you're just speed lining through it. Mm. So I'd yeah. kind of, like now I'm, I've just accepted that I'm not in a rush and like, why am I, you know, even if it takes me another few years to finish, I'm, it gives me the time to apply some of the stuff. That's, that's a, a really important middle ground I find because a lot of times there's a lot of stuff I've learned in my life that I have completely forgotten. Everybody's different when it comes to memory and stuff like that, but I think there's a there's a nice middle ground where 
if you if you like obsess over something and turn it into your life and really integrate it and then you then you can kind of let go of it and it'll always be a part of you but if you touch on something and play with it and then just kind of like understand it on a surface level and then move on and you're not applying it anymore then you're not reinforcing those memories and you're not growing that that skill set and it will fucking fade mm-hmm. you know again depends on the person but like whatever this turns into for you it is like wh- what you are learning you're learning like slowly and properly and it's all connecting to other stuff it's becoming a story and a, and it's it's born of a passion so i feel like it's not going to fade in any in any real sense no matter what you end up using it for but i, I my my instinct is that you're going to just be doing this stuff like until you die <laughs> yeah i'm going to be that that old lady with white hair that's like do you guys want some plants you have like a, <laughs> you have a big potion and you're stirring the pot this is oh ne- this God, is nettle tea nettle it's terrible <laughs> It's funny because every time, you know, anybody comes over or, or anybody, you know, mentions, oh, you know, they'll be sitting near me and they're like, oh, my head hurts. <laughs> you, just, you just see me like, it's almost like my ears perk. It's like, eh, like yeah, you have yeah. an issue? <laughs> Hold on. Like, and I go upstairs and I make my little, like, my little concoctions and, like, come downstairs with, like, here's this, try this, you know. Um, cool. And everybody keeps joking around. They're like, oh. They ask my boyfriend, what is she doing? He's like, well, basically she's a witch. Yeah. And, you know, like Hermione, and I'm like, oh, my God, Hermione, like, whoa, she's epic. Like, but that's, I mean, technically, that's that's what witches were. So, and there's this whole other historical side of it that's been fascinating me, too. But um, it's really just, but I remember now, like, when I thought of it when I was a kid, like a, like a, a, like a little kid, um, I used to make little potions. I used to take like water and like dirt and I used to like mix it together and be like, here's this, here's a potion, you know? And when you think back to like the things we did when we were kids, before we really knew who we were, we knew who we were. And people tend to forget, but you know, a lot of grounding yourself is kind of going back to what did you enjoy before you knew what enjoyment was? Mm -hmm. What did you do when you really had nothing else in the day to do? You know, some kids it was sports, they loved it. Some kids was, you know, biking or, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. Some kids, I have a little cousin who who just, all of his spare time, he wants to play teacher. So, if he doesn't become a teacher, I'm going to be slightly surprised, you know. But Well, at least you're loaded with that info. You know, as that person gets older, you're like, hey, man. Just keep stimulating. You want to be a teacher. Just keep feeding it, you know. Here's some <laughs> school books for you. <laughs> Or let but it I, let I, it surface naturally. See if it goes there. Well, exactly. Yeah. You know, you don't want to. And this is my, I guess, my fear. If I ever did have kids, was, you know, how do you find that balance? And I guess most parents probably have it. Some do. I don't know. I'm not a parent. I can't judge. I don't know. But um, it's a tough. You know, job. How do you? Yeah. How do you encourage your child while leaving them free to become who they are? You know, that's. I think that's maybe what our the next upcoming generations is going to be maybe the focus because so many generations before it wasn't that at all and we didn't have the freedoms in society we do now and that's what's beautiful about it people like to argue over who's choosing to do what because it's right or wrong but for the first time in recorded history we have choices everybody not and there's we still have a long way to go there's still it can still be better and for evolution purposes we should always be challenging the status quo but for a very long time up until recently, most people didn't have certain choices, and now we have all of them, from who you choose to be with to 
marriage, not marriage, kids, no kids, religion, no religion, what religion, Mm -hmm. what you wear. Now it's going into, you know, are you he or she? Mm-hmm. We have choices. Use it. Of course we're making the wrong choices. It's the first time we've had choices. We're fucking it all up because we don't know how to make choices yet because we've never been able to make this many choices. Yeah. So it's, just it's go the with spiritual it. <laughs> war. Yeah, this is that existential crisis of like, do do what your dad did, marry this person, and eat the food that's around you, and and everything else, whatever have whatever eight babies is left. And go to church on Sundays, and you know, <laughs> yeah. like now we have choices. Yeah. Your only choice back then was, do you want to keep your mustache or not? <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, what religion do I want to take part in? What, uh, uh, what, like, who do I want to marry? What do I want to go into? Like, my father's in construction. A- am I going to follow his footsteps or am I going to pick from the fucking plethora? You know, but what you were saying is kind of where the truth lies. And that's where the, that's what, that's the positive of it is that there's some kind of natural incli- inclination that you can kind of see revealed in those like first formative years, even before the formation, actually specifically before the formation, there's this natural inclination or, or this tendency that can be maybe categorized, you know, like this like big four things that we're, we're prone to do. And you might be more intellectual, more social, more physical. Uh, and then it, and then it might trickle into like specificities, like, like literally making fucking potions when you were a kid or, yeah. or like, uh, you know, kids yeah. have, Kids are, are magical. I, I love them. They're the most free you ever are is when you're a kid. And, you know, every time I see them, I just want to encourage the freedom, which doesn't always jive well with the parents. But, you know, they're kids. So I'm like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have a personality that is inexplicably there before all of the conditioning sets in. And I just love seeing that, you know. And, you know, my grandmother will always tell me these stories. And you hear stories about when you were a kid and... and we always go, oh, okay, ha, ha, but they tell you about yourself at, at your core level, you know, especially if you want to work towards developing who you really are now. Mm. I've, at least I've found often it helps to try and go back to who you were and figure out who you really are before everybody told you who to be, and that's, yeah. to be cheesy. That's a lot of the spiritual practices True. and the, the deeper layers of, of self, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Self-actualization is that you have to go back to your to your child in your mind and work through everything that happened then or whatever's going on, and that's the only way that you can be liberated in a sense because you're 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 looking inwards to oh, the the beginning. We lost you again. Yeah, am I back? Hello. <laughs> okay, I'm back. <laughs> that's the only way that you can what? The, you can only way they can be liberated in 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 a sense because we're operating on those systems that when we were a child. So if you never look back there and see who that person was, you're going on false foundations, right? Yeah, it's intense, man. It's yeah. something I've been learning a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And and part of me feels late to the party and part of me is like, I'm glad I'm not like, you know, 50 when I'm figuring this out. But in a literal yeah. sense, you know, this falls on deaf ears for a lot of people, I think. For me personally, when I hear things that are kind of repeated and cliche, they kind of slip. They can just go in one ear and out the other, right? Because there, there's like a groove. There's a path that's just like, oh, I know that uh, one. It's like everyone said that. They've said it ten million times. It's popular saying, but there's so much that. truth to a lot of that. Maybe stuff. Maybe you get it on the ten millionth and one time. You'll finally, the nail will finally hit. You know, sometimes. Yeah. I, I think it should just be addressed. I think that's kind of what I'm trying to do now is be like, hey, everybody, whoever's listening to this, myself included, pause for a second, listen to what we're trying to say for real. You are your kid self. There isn't this like detachment 
we we want to think we can change and control ourselves but the 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 spiritual understanding of change is uh, sorry i should say the spiritual understanding of power is really giving in is surrender play the cards you have don't mm. worry about the cards in the deck and and then and then be like brooding about the cards you don't have because that's not power that's the power you want and it doesn't exist it's like some other reality it's not reflecting anything the true power is in admitting what's in front of you and using that and the truth is that you are essentially the same which is freaky because we're hearing about how we can grow and change and learn but you're just adding on top of what's what's what was there when you were born essentially mm. and we can get into genetics and epigenetics and we can get into so much and there's a lot of of work that can be done in the individual but all of that really boils down to learning who you are not trying to change who you are discipline and understanding sure you can you can manifest a new reality and all that good stuff but you have to admit what the foundation is not try to rewrite it that's it when well, you can't rewrite it if you don't know what it is either point. right like once you know who you are then then you're really you really have that that self power to change what you want to change and get rid of what you want to get rid of if you don't like something get rid of it but you don't know what's yours and what's your parents or your teachers or all this conditioning you don't know what's what until you figure it out and Mm -hmm. You know, you could have learned something from your parents that isn't yours, it was taught to you, but hey, you like that personality trait, so you decide to keep that, versus something else that you're like, you know what, I don't like that habit, I was trained, or even if it was you at a core, until you figure out who you really are, you can't, can't move forward. efficiently change. Yeah. yeah, and it's important, because that is a key point, can you hear me, did I cut off, because I froze on my end, okay, oh, I'm I got good. you, <laughs> you're good, yeah, <laughs> Uh, if it is not addressed, whatever is underlying underneath the patterns from childhood or whatever, if it's never addressed or looked at, then everything you're doing is, is shadowed by that. And that it won't actually be a, a long change because you've never observed what's really happening internally at the core at the beginning. So that's, it's like you're building on the building that's the rotting foundation, let's say, it's not always rotting, but let's just call it rotting, and you're just adding beautiful layout on the 7th and 8th floor and ninth floor, but the foundation is all shaky, you know? Yeah. I would and even it, say, know. oh, sorry, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to modify his analogy, like, the foundation is, is not rotting, if, if you want to, like, update the, the, the analogy, but, like, it's, it's almost like you built the foundation in one spot, and then you started building the rest of the building in another spot. So you're always eventually forced to rebuild because you don't have a foundation. You're what is that sound? Oh, sorry. That Okay, that was probably from... They just opened the garage door underneath me. Oh, sorry. okay. <laughs> I, I, just, I was like, was that, was that me? Yeah, so like in, in my instance, I'm realizing a lot of things that kind of... Um, I don't know if you want to call it like destiny or whatever, like the things that please me that make me happy and that can turn into like a proper, like a, let's say a gratifying skill set. Those things were very much ignored and even kind of points of shame. The things that made me happiest, the things that made me feel like I was just, you know, melting into my, my moment. Mm. I, I tried to kind of shun those and I just built a, building somewhere else and now that i it's like this tower of babel where you're just going up and up and up and, you, and you're trying to kind of reach heaven but the the higher you get the wobbly wobblier wobblier the wa the more wobbly <laughs> the more wobbles <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the, I don't know either. That's a wobbly turn. The shakier the less it stable. gets. The, thank you, all of you. I, the 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 less stable it is. Yeah, and then the higher well, that's, that's, that's important to say and because the higher everybody's you, house is going to be different. Yeah, and the higher you're Some going though. The higher you're going, though, the more it's wobbling, like you said. So eventually, at just some point, at some give, it's going to fall. And that's a really good point and analogy to kind of illustrate because it starts from the gra- from the bottom. And we spoke about this the whole podcast about going to the roots, you know. And you can build on symptoms your whole life, you know. It's, the symptom can be a new career, could be a, a whole new shift in your life, and that is a symptom of avoiding the root or whatever it is. You see yeah. it all the time. People, they go into a career, but it's really not what they want to do, but they think they want to do it, you know? So when you go to the yeah. root and you clean that shit up and you rebuild the foundation, not rebuild, but renovate the foundation, then that structure is going to be so much stronger. And I'll bring it back to the quote that I've heard so many times over. Uh, I think Jesus said it, actually, which is funny because I'm Jewish, but I love this quote. And it was, uh, build your... Oh, yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> So he said, he said, build your house on stone, not on sand. And if you really think about what that means, it's not even a house he's talking about. It's you. Build you on stone because stone is stable for forever. You know, mm-hmm. sand will just and come and go. There's um, there's a it's, I'm not going to quote it because it's like a long text. But uh, in the show community, which I love so much, the character Abed explains that uh when you know who you are, you actually don't care about changing parts of yourself. So it's not even about like finding your true destiny and your true path and everything. It's this ability to explore it like you, you're, you've been doing, Amanda, because there's this deep down, maybe not even like consciously felt, but it's this comfort with like, or the safety in yourself to say like, I, I'm, I know who I am. I kind of have to turn that into something exterior now and, and how I get there or how I don't get there doesn't really matter because you know who you are and that's the foundation it, or let's say that's the first floor is like embracing the foundation and just being like, okay, this is who I am. I'm going to start building on this. And then where you go from there is, is a lot, can be a lot more fluid and, and can be gratifying even if it's not exactly what you, you wanted it to be. You know, you could be, you could be bending to the will of others. You know, you can you can be doing what you need to do because of weather, because of other, the people around you, because of your circumstances in society, because of a random fucking coronavirus or whatever the fuck. And you can be a little or a lot more okay with that because you're like, when the when the time is right, when the opportunities are right, I'm always going to do what is best for me and what is based on that foundation. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the funny thing is that, you know, through learning everything that I've been learning and, you know, one of the the focuses we go into as well is is learning how to kind of sort through emotions and, and help the person in front of us figure out what the co- the root cause is. Um, and through learning how to do this for other people, it's what's actually transitioned me into trying to figure this out for myself. Like when it comes down to knowing who I am, I had probably didn't have a clue until I started this. And even then it's, it's, I'm still figuring it out and you know I I brought this up the other day and and, you know where you kind of it was like one of those synchronicities but it's another cheesy quote but the only way out is through so if you're trying to figure out who you are you have to self-reflect and sometimes what you have to look at is really shitty and it's hard and it's painful Mm. but you can't sort through it until you 
you really look through it and try and undo it, and it sucks. But it's the oh, you have to. It's the only way to get to the other side. Yeah, you can't skip over it. That's the that's the that's the part of the game, you know. And yeah. sometimes it can be a lifetime to realize that, you know. But mm. you can't skip over. You can't change the page until you read it, you know. Yeah, and Sammy, you say you're a little bit late to the game. I mean, I felt the same. I still feel the same. Um, but you're you're not. There's no the, there's no late it? to the game. You could it? be a lot later. Mm. You're still, you know, for me, late to the game. And even then, late to the game, there's nothing wrong with late to the game. Better late than never. But you don't have kids yet. You don't have certain things concretely established. Where someone who has all of these things concretely established and they have their, you know, they had what they thought was going to be their, their career and they started raising their kids the way they thought they wanted to raise them and, you know, they, they mm. have everything set the way they thought it was. That's a lot harder to swallow when you suddenly start to self-actualize and realize, oh my God, mm. none of this is what I wanted. So people like that, it's going to be a lot harder for them. And if they can get to that, I commend them. If they don't, teach their own. But you're still not late to the game. You're still, a, you're right where you need to be. Though. Yes, I think the I think the the like the amorphous like property of my life is kind of what's bothering me. But at the same time, it is a it is a, a, a two sides of a coin. You know, like I I have. I have no cemented or bottlenecked like obligations, bottlenecking ob- uh, like obligations. Like there's a lot of things, there's a lot of closed doors behind me, but there's a lot of open doors before me. You know, like that's a really good point. I mean, speaking on me personally, like I, I, I have also noticed that when I talk that way, it's because I'm in a bad mood. It's that simple. I believe those things because my mood is shrouding like parts of my brain essentially. It's like. It's crazy. I mean, if I'm in a better mood, which like, let's say right now I'm in a pretty good mood. So I, if I look on my past, even though a lot of my history is okay. So like, I know a bit about yoga, about massage therapy and all the peripheral knowledge that, that comes with that knowledge. And I mean, other than that, I read some books, you know, like I know a little bit about psychology. I know a lot of, I know a lot about like hypnosis and lucid dreaming and things like that. I have like these sparse, but like, Maybe not so sparse, but a very broad and very, very not connecting sometimes, like interests. And and then before that, it was just like uh, social engineering from like practice and error. But see, and- I disagree. All of those things are connected. Everything you just described as things that you do, or you've done, or you've studied, they all. It's like a branch from a tree. It all connected to. They're so interconnected. It's not like you went from hypnosis to how to make uh, concrete, I don't know, like you, <laughs> or construction. Like you still stay in the same realm. So as much as you feel like you're lost within that realm, you're still in the same realm. So at a base level, you still, even though you might not know subconsciously, you kind of know because you're still yeah, floating I've into the same been, like stream. I, honest, I, I call it being strapped to a comet. Like I feel like I've just <laughs> never had control over my life. I think I got that from Supernatural. This guy's being possessed by like an angel, but he's still like awake in his body, and he ca- and he he referred to it as being strapped to a comet. It's like, it's like I'm I'm on a roller coaster, and I'm trying, but I'm a pilot also, you know. So it, this this admission of of the foundation, like we talked about, it's it kind of feels like I'm pushing buttons, and I don't know what they do. And then like I push a button, and my ship turns left, and I go, oh, okay, I got to remember that, you know. So many people <laughs> go through life and don't even realize they're on the boat. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah, no, I, 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 in in those ways, I, that's 
that's something I've kind of shunned also my whole life. Like everyone has told me, they're like, hey man, at least you know, at least you see it. And I'm like, that's all I got <laughs> though. Like I just, I, all I do is like self-reflect and ruminate and it's caught up with me. I realize that too much of a good thing is a bad thing. But I, I do see that I've always kind of been slave to that foundation that we're talking about, whether I liked it or not. I've never been able to really fight it. It's been my guiding star or my, instead of something in front of me that I'm chasing, it's kind of been something behind me that's that's pushing me, like some kind of weird reverse dog sled. <laughs> I can't really think of, a, of an analogy, but it's always been there. And that's that's the it's all the interests connect. And it started with something as simple as television. Just being kind of obsessively watching TV, like Abed from Community, oddly enough, and uh, and having this interest in people. And now, whether it's because of or in spite of or whatever, but like there's this ADD brain that is making this holistic mentality have more traction in society. We're all instant gratification. We're all confused and getting sick because of all the overload of information. And we're all like jumping from one thing to the other. And that's making us see the bigger picture like more often, oddly enough. (laughs) And to, to satisfy someone like you or me, we need a broad vocation. You need something like this, this like herbalist, like plant medicine touches on biology, pharmacology, psychology, uh, botany, like just fucking every part, of, every part of the buffalo, so to speak, you know. And, and that's what I think as a society we're lacking because I mean we're lacking a lot of things, but it's it's really that you know. And I've I've mentioned this a few times. I don't know if I mentioned it yet today, but as a society we're we're on. We're in a really interesting part of history where we're in a transition phase across the board in almost every single aspect of of life. Um, you know, when you look at when you read history, it always goes, "Oh, 1920 they had this, and then in 1960 it was this." But there's a gap of time where things are changing from what they were to what they will be, and we're living in that paradigm where everything we do, no matter how small, is a contributing factor to what the next the next version of our world is going to be Absolutely. whether it's everything from environmental studies to nutritional studies to sociological studies and, and, and medical and science everything is all being shaken at its core let me point this out that a lot of these fields are coming to the understanding that it's all interconnected when we're looking at nutrition we realize it's all about sleep stress uh, environments uh, what you're putting in the air whatever and it's all these fields are understanding now that there's a deep connection with everything. And now if you extrapolate those understandings in each field, at once we hit that, that new timestamp in the map, it's really just everything's fucking one, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And it's literally, it's, exactly. it's happening in each field and it's, everything is doing its part to create that new world, whatever you want to call it, or greater understanding that everything is interconnected. And it's mirroring in each field. And eventually yeah. all those fields are going to mesh together, you know? Yeah. And, and there's more happening. and more people, like you mentioned before, like they're, they're just becoming more awake to a lot of things. And I think the internet is a huge factor in that. We've, we're connected on a level that we've never been able to, I mean, at least in written history, be able to connect mm. and share information and share what's going on and share a video image of, you know, a cop doing something he shouldn't be doing or a landslide happening in a different country that we've never even been to. And what the environmental impacts are on the rainforest, like we can see and access all of it 
Yeah, the and good and the bad. It's overwhelming and amazing. <laughs> yeah, because on one side you have the those that are being exposed, and then the other side you have stuff like this, where open conversations where people start to see and think differently just based off of us talking. You know. Yeah, and, and we didn't. You know, I had I took notes. I was you know I took notes because I was like I'm gonna make sure that at least I say these things, um, because this topic is so diverse, and I don't think I've actually really I've mentioned maybe one or two. But it's just a flowing conversation. And that's one of the things that I loved about the podcast is that you guys just talk. And sometimes you veer off the topic, but it always ends up, it's just an open, respectful conversation, even if it's a con conflicting point of view. Mm. And that's the best thing about those, especially in in the field that any one of us are, are studying in. It's, it's being able to have that open conversation because what you know is different from what he knows is different from what I know even if we studied in the same field if it's based on you know your experience is relative mm. and the best thing we can do is learn or choose not to but we have the choice to choose to learn from each other or not I think we're getting that choice I think that what we're talking about with the foundation and the individual I think that's kind of what's happening on a global scale as well Exactly. In real time, maybe in the same way. And a lot of the problems with the internet at first was this kind of teenage angst, like this kind of adolescent bombardment of choices and not really knowing or kind of forgetting our foundation and worrying about what we what should be done or kind of the momentum of, of our, our formative years or whatever as a society. And I, I've said it a few times on the podcast probably as well, but the after or during this whole coronavirus thing, uh, we seem to have kind of learned how to use the internet properly. And I'm, I'm glad better. I think... Yeah, better, exactly. Like, I think if we're like cells or like neurons and like this human species, like in this in this planetary consciousness, then then someone, like one individual is like a red blood cell, you know? So like you need to be like a thousand red blood cells to do anything different. And if you start acting like a platelet, you're not going to do the job that you should be doing well. So uh, it's it's like a it's like a conscious avoidance of all the information. You know, like I don't need to know that there's a fucking landslide in in you know Bangladesh or whatever. <laughs> like I don't, I don't I don't I can't do anything about that. And if I'm going to like exhaust my willpower at, through 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 this like juggling of compassion and empathy and and I might even go on like change.org and like sign a petition and give money or something like there's there's a million ways to Sunday that I can affect and change the world. And that is through the internet. And I may as well, uh, like tighten the focus on that so that I can get a lot done instead of trying to touch on a bunch of stuff and, and feel like I'm doing nothing. Cause I kind of am not and, and get that overwhelmed flustered thing that, that everyone is, is feeling. It's like, there's this new approach that, gives me hope for the next generation which i don't want to think about too much because i'm still alive and i still have a lot of work to do and i feel like i just go next people will fix it and i'm i'm not even in my 40s yet like i'm 32 years old and i'm already doing i'm, not, I'm already falling for that trap of like oh they'll fix it it's like no <laughs> anyway that that's but i would love to bring it back i mean we're, we're getting like all yeah, this, spiritual wow. and stuff. <laughs> I would no, but I, I love it. I fucking live for it. But I I just I I'm obsessed with this idea of like picking your brain and kind of like gaining some superficial knowledge from your years of work. And 
I'm sure Nate ho- hopefully has like some specific questions, but what are all those other points you that you had written down? Because like I'd love to ask you about like uh, about plant medicine. You know, like that. Like there's the there's the um, there's the idea of like replacing stuff in your house that is fascinating to me because everything causes cancer now or whatever. <laughs> but there's also like what about what about uh, psychedelics? What about uh, things that are not psychoactive? But like uh, like we had a girl who talked about uh, uh, Cambo. You know, like the that frog uh, toxin that you like burn. Like do, I don't know if you know anything about this. And also like CBD. You know, you're talking about uh, uh, THC and CBD, and and you're probably going deeper into cannabis than other people do because of how you look at plants. And I know that like copaiba has like CBD also. Like there's other plants that have CBD that a lot of people don't know about. And I just um, I don't know. I'm I'm just curious about like what what. Uh, extra knowledge you might have on on some of that stuff and how it trickles into your life like how do you treat how do you treat weed how do you do you guys discuss ayahuasca and things like that in your classes like i i'm just um, so i know it's a broad psychedelics question. are not something i have really any knowledge of um i've actually learned more through listening to you guys than uh anything um it was something i kind of <laughs> Talk about you know, when i yeah <laughs> When I first started to delve into my, I guess, myself, uh, ayahuasca was something that I had been seriously contemplating. Um, just at the time, I just, I didn't know where, when, how. The only thing I had learned about was you had to go to, like, Brazil or something to, like, some tribe. I was like, ah, you know, I'm not gonna. And I have a lot of, you know, I had a lot of inner turmoil that I had to address. And I knew that would be, like, a really effective way of just hashing it all out. Um um, but, you know, I was also in, and I still believe in a little bit in synchronicities, and I had started to look into it, but it just never, Let me just the say opportunity this, never got there, nothing ever happened, you know? It's closer than you think, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys talk about doing it all the time, so I've been kind of like, huh, like, wait a minute. <laughs> but I'm also, I'm kind of afraid of it, because part of dealing with your your shit is to really look in the mirror and i've been doing that in a slightly more slow process um and for me it's all about balance so um something like ayahuasca is probably not it's maybe not in the cards for me maybe just not right now um same thing with mushrooms i was really curious about mushrooms and i'm really curious about about it but like if i just took a substance and started seeing other entities i might shit myself i don't know like I'm curious, but it's, it's important I'll get there know, when I get there. It's important to know, though, that you can control at some level how far you want to go into the experience, and that's just dosages. And we talked about um, the essential oils. If you take too much, you can get some crazy side effects where it actually kills you. This is not the case, obviously, but in the correct dosages, you're really just opening certain doors just to peek in and then give still have maintain that set of control that say oh i'm not ready to go into that one let's go to the next door whereas if you took a fucking giant dose of ayahuasca it might blow those doors open and you might not be prepared for that so that's why set and setting and the facilitator is so valuable because you have a a relationship before you go you where you have a where he actually has like a questionnaire the same way you would meet a client and go through their life cell and like i've seen it so many times before where people come in they're super hesitant and he He's been doing it for so long. He or she, I'm just not going to out them at all. But, no, fine. <laughs> but, but having that relationship and that understanding and that experience behind them 
to, to serve it is, is a skill in its own. And when yeah. you have the trust in that process, it's, it can go at any pace you, you, that you feel you can, you can handle, you know? And well, and that's how, you, you know, you mentioned opening doors. And for me, cannabis is, that's kind of what it does for me. So like most people smoke to get high, whatever, whatever. Um, cannabis is one of those plants that has so many different medical uses. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It, it blows my mind. The deeper I look into it, the more I'm just mind blown as to how this became illegal and, and why are we not all using it um, in the proper dosage. And, you know, there's a whole history behind that and everything. But um, for me, you know, I've been... I go full, like, journal with it. Like, I have a cannabis journal. I, I wrote down the strain I'm going to test. I smoke a bit. How did I feel? Okay, I tested it in this recipe. What happened? Did it work? Did it not work? Um, but when I smoke, that's – it's therapeutic for me. It opens doors that I've, that I've closed. Um, I get very self-reflective when I'm high. Mm. Um, and if I smoke too much by accident, it's over, it's too much. I start to self-analyze and self-judge and freak out about everything I said the past week. Um, but if I smoke properly, so if you're someone who doesn't ever smoke, don't smoke a whole joint, take a few puffs, see how it feels. Mm. And, um, yes, also the strains are very important and most people at a base level, maybe now they know more, but you know, your, your indicas, your sativas, your hybrids, but before it was legalized, a lot of people just bought weed wherever they could get it and wanted to get high but and then i have people who come to me and they tell me that you know oh i'm not sleeping very well and i know for a fact they're stoners okay so what are you smoking all day what are you smoking before bed like yeah whatever they they don't even want to think about it Mm. but if you're smoking a sativa all day or you're smoking a sativa past i don't know 6 p.m even if you have a high tolerance to it it's still stimulating your brain it's still stimulating all the cells in your body. So when it's time for you to go to bed, your your body can't because you're just your hamster wheeling. And it might be motivational and it might be useful, like, you know, it's sativa supposed to be daytime. I think I am gonna botch this, but the sativa versus indica, the actual translation, I think it's might be in Latin or something like that, but is daytime and nighttime. It's sun and, and, and moon. So your sativa literally means daytime use and your indica means evening use. Mm. And people don't, like, that's the baseline of it. If you are, if you want to get high during the day and you want to be functional high, you want to, you know, I've tried where I'll smoke a sativa and then I'll try and study. But if my tolerance right now is really low because I haven't smoked at all in like two weeks, <laughs> that studying overwhelms me and I'm like, whoa, 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 okay, too much, too much. I need to just chill. But it also depends on the strain. Some of them are stronger than others. The THC levels are higher. The CBD, you know, the CBD levels is a whole other, it's a whole other area, and it's been scientifically proven to do phenomenal things for your body. And if that's what you need, then that's what you need. But plants at a base level, even cannabis included, in order for your body and your your endocannabinoid system to have the full actual impact of what you need, you need a little bit of both. So even just taking a straight extract of CBD, you're getting the specific effect of the CBD, but your your body, your your newly developed endo, or not developed, you know, the endocannabinoid system that we've newly discovered, the molecular compounds or the, the cell function needs to receive both. So the CBD will still have this effect, but if you have just a little bit of THC, the, the effect's going to be better for you. 
it's the same as having a plant tincture, like an extraction, um, versus taking the plant whole. Like, if you have a dried plant, so let's say, let's go back to stinging nettles. If you go to buy the plant in plant form from a store, and it's in tiny little pieces, your medicinal value is, is cut in like half. Whereas when you dry it in like a whole stem with all of the leaves, and when you go to make your tea, you take the stem, the leaves off the stem, and you steep that, you, the leaves have still kept their, their it's like when air, um, air removes certain things, air deteriorates uh, compounds and molecular things. It's the same kind of thing. So your body's not going to get the full impact of what it needs if you're taking pieces of it mm. instead of the whole thing. It's the same thing with cannabis. It's just about finding that right dosage and the right strain for what you need. Which, you know, I've been experimenting a lot with lately, which, you know, for me, I experiment with it because this is something that I want to also be able to offer my clients is the proper education and the proper usage if they want to use cannabis um, in any form. Even if it's just a, you know, I made an anti-inflammatory cream that was a cannabis base. And I had a woman who was using it on her sciatica. That's how well it was working. And I was using, like, the recipe called for, like, a full 14s, and it, I just put a 7s in it because I couldn't, you know, it's kind of expensive. So if I'm testing, I don't want to put the full amount of money into it if I'm not even sure if it's going to work, you know. So, um, and, like, I made bath salts with it, and those were, I wasn't sure how that was going to go. <laughs> I kind of got out of the bath and was, I was like, I think I'm kind of high right now. <laughs> I was going to ask, it was, like, it was a little bit weird. still psychoactive? <laughs> Well, that's because your skin still, if there's THC in it, your skin's still, still absorbing it. Yeah. But I just, I, I went like really, really low dose in, in you know, what I had done with it. Um, but it was also very, like, I, I felt like a zombie. Like, my body was just, like, no pain, no nothing. I felt great. So I wasn't sure if it was just because my body was so calm that I felt great or it was both. <laughs> but I felt great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that you you said like I've been experimenting with this a lot of people use that term really lightly but you have like a like a journal and you're tracking and it's really and it's really a broken down kind of left brain vibe and and I'm realizing lately like in my life recently that left brain's job is just to take what the right brain gives and chop it into pieces so you can kind of follow the narrative and kind of see where the story's going and kind of derive data you know, so it's not like one or the other, but it's like, you're like, okay, how did I feel today with this, with Blue Dream or with a uh, Girl Scout cookie or whatever you're smoking, you know? And then, so that's very right brain, but then you're taking the time to be like, how is this actually affecting me? What's my baseline? Uh, what's the dosage? Uh, what if I eat it? What if I smoke it? What if it's a bath, uh, what if it's a bath bomb or a, or a, like a like a joint cream or something. You know? Yeah, and I mean, I kind of do that a little bit with everything because I mean, part of our course we learned how to make all of our own stuff, and this is something that I can apply to my own life. But later on, at some point in time, I would like to be able to sell some of this stuff, whether it's directly to clients or online, because I think it's the future and it's a smart thing to do. If I know how to make a bunch of stuff, well, it's you know, how else do you get people to start using it if you don't make it? Mm. Um, and I, I, you know, I test a lot of recipes because there's a million different natural ways to make an ointment. You can use an olive oil base, you can use beeswax, you can use mango butter or shea butter. Mm. But 
you don't know how that recipe is going to come out. Is the texture going to be good? Is it going to actually, you know, there's the use. Is it going to do what I need it to do? But also for selling value, you know, how's the texture? Is it grainy? Does it get grainy after a month? Does it go bad after a month? What does it smell like? What is it? What container do I use? You know, for the most effective uh, application, you know, I made a sunscreen, but then I put it in a container and it got cold and it hardened and I couldn't get it out, you know? So the next time, okay, I'm going to put it in something different because I need to be able to get it out. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's so diverse, especially if you think about being able to give it to other people. Because if you want people to use it, it needs to be usable. Yeah. It needs to not leak in your purse, you know? I made a, a, a lip balm and it melted in summer and my purse was a wreck. <laughs> so, okay, I've noted down what I did with that recipe. That didn't go so well. Let's scratch that out and try a new one. You know, or like um, bug sprays. It took me a solid two years to get my bug spray down. Wow. But like my bug spray, I get no bites now. Like I got that one down pat. <laughs> like, nice. Do you want? Can you reveal the? Can you reveal the the ingredients? Or you want to? You want to sit well, on I'll that tell one? You, so the the there's a lot of ones that are really useful, but the the one I found that is the most useful is catnip essential oil. I was going to say that. But, my my but friend Ramsey made it me attracts try one. cats. Yeah. Like, I went to my friend's house and I was waiting to use the bathroom because it was like a barbecue or something. And her cat comes up out of nowhere and just starts not humping my leg, but just like rubbing all over me. Yeah, just like that. And this that was apparently digging. like a non social cat. Like, she was climbing up on me. And my friend's like, what is going on? Like, the cat doesn't, she doesn't like anybody. Like, she hides whenever there's a party. And I'm just standing there, like, um, what, what do I, what do I do? Like, okay. What is what is the deal with that? Like, they get high off of it. Kind of. It's like it's like it's like crack for cats. Um, they just get really happy and euphoric, and they roll around in it, and then they're, they they get like addicted to it. Like, if you don't want your cat to want this substance, don't ever give it to them because then they will they will want it. Um, but kind of the same can be kind of said. Well, There's a little variation to talk with, but animals. Um, I make a lot of my, my dog's food. A lot of this natural stuff, we do a section on animals. So, you know, I, I make things, I add teas to my, my dog's water, I'll add certain, certain nutritional things to her food. Uh, if she's got little aches and pains or cuts, I, I, I go the, the uh, holistic route. Um, but since I started making her food, and I mix it up with kibble because I want her to be able to eat both, but I use like a, a good kibble that was like referred or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then on the days where I don't, add you know the chicken or the vegetables or i don't add it she stands in front of her bowl like a little princess looking up at me like bitch where's my chicken (laughs) and she doesn't eat it and every time i come into the room she runs to the bowl sniffs it looks at me like where's the chicken and now i've caused like a a cascade effect where i have to now i have to stand my ground and not put chicken for a few days to prove that you need to be able to eat both missy but i want to be able to give her the nutritional value so i'm at this like standoff with my dog right now because Ooh, she wants suggestion. the nutritional stuff. <laughs> I I mean, obviously, like one is more nutri- like one is dehydrated and maybe has like some filler, and the other one might be like I don't know, like your like green beans, rice, and like gr- ground beef. Like you can make these balls for your dog. Like I don't know what you do, but my thought was after I heard your story because you told me about this already, I was thinking I would use them as treats. So for her, it would be like a reward. She's gonna have her her kibble 
and and the, those are it's the same place and the same times of day so she'll understand but then i'll have like these these like treats in the fridge and it's just like a ball of like you know rice and and ground beef and and well, I I would I would agree with that except I also make her treats so <laughs> she still gets like it's, like, it's a, like a a dog cookie that's like zucchini carrot peanut butter or whatever. Um, Your dog must fart like the fartiest dog <laughs> fart. <laughs> well, it's just if I do it too fast, and this is the trick with animals: if you're integrating anything that's animal or human food to their diet, you want to go slow. And in the beginning, I did what I always do: I get super excited. I made it like mm. this mix of like chicken and like six different vegetables and 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 i added that all in one shot to her food for like a week and she had like just diarrhea but like for a week because her body was like whoa it was a shock what is this exactly so i had to kind of dial it down a bit and just start with like chicken or and then add some carrots um and note on that you mentioned rice rice is good but small doses because if you give them too much rice you risk clogging their digestive system and you know their butt so not too much rice. Good to know. Just a, a note on that. Um, yeah, she loves blueberries. I love giving her. I just I throw them and she catches them. The first time well, I added blueberries, blueberries to her food, dogs. small doses, just like a, really? like a little handful of do- antioxidants. I thought xylitol like killed them. I think it has a lethal dose though. I think it's like yeah. even like chocolate. Like if they have a tiny sliver, it does nothing, but an ounce would fucking kill them. Yeah, but like even chocolate, like chocolate, I won't go near. Yeah, um, garlic is even it's bad for them. But if they're getting sick, you can give them like a clove of garlic. Um, there's oh. certain things that are is really bad. Like, but blueberries, I'll give her like maybe five. Um, and I the first time I mixed it in with her kibble, I mixed it in, and she dug them out. There was food all over the floor. Um, That's funny. Yeah, I could. I, I just I could talk I about my dog up. a lot. It's <laughs> fair. She's a fucking adorable. She is. Uh, we're almost at three hours, eh? Holy shit! You're gonna cut this down. It's uh, like there's I was gonna, gonna keep be the some... whole thing. I think we might what? just chop it. In half. I was thinking maybe having two podcasts out of this, just like a part one, part two. But this we could talk for like another twenty minutes and round it out to three hours. <laughs> it's flying. We didn't even by. go into like plants, really. Like, see, this is why I like. Let's I had do this it. idea let's after. We got time. Yeah, let's like, do the last twenty no, minutes like, on that. I, if I brought in, if we did another one at some point where I literally brought in this stuff and like made you guys oh. tease and shit and like you we have to recorded that. Yeah, I would love like, to have this like Oprah style, like a like a station, and it's like, hey, what's this, Amanda? Like, oh well, <laughs> it doesn't have to be that this formal. T- it would just come up in conversation. <laughs> no, <laughs> we have a film station, and she's it's like an infomercial. I wouldn't be able to. Yeah, minutes, huh? I wouldn't be able to take myself seriously. Exactly. I'd be laughing the whole I, time. I, I, it depends I on what I'm giving you. But it could actually work. That's true. We could have like a different. This one is in. it C- THC or CBD? Let's find out. <laughs> Let's do a lick test. <laughs> oh, I think we lost Nate again. Oh, there he is. Am I back? We got yeah. you. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, we, let's take the time. We got like 10, we got like 20, 15, 20 minutes left. Like what, what, what else do you have in your, in your list of, uh, uh, I had listed down, um, the stores, but the stores. So, um, I have four main stores that I go to, to pick up my stuff that are like reputable that I know, you know, the name brands in there are, are legit. Um, the first one is La Batienne aux Herbes and it's in Montreal. It's actually the, my school originated from that little uh, plant herbal store. Uh, when the store opened, they had um, 
they had they just started having so many people asking questions. So they started to do workshops, but there wasn't enough space, and it was just such an increase in demand that they formed a whole school on it. Um, so that's my base one that I go to often. Um, there's also another one in Montreal called Alchemist en Herbe. That's those two are my favorites. Um, they have uh, a lot more diversity though in terms of tinctures and essential oils and, and waxes and stuff like that. Mm. Um, there's another one called Noble Essence that's also, I think it's up the street actually. I think they're both on Laurier. And then if you're doing anything that's fabrication wise, if you're making beauty products or makeup or stuff like that, uh, the best store for that is called Co-op Coco. Um, so if anyone's learning how to make their own natural stuff, and, and the school does workshops, and I highly suggest if anyone has any interest in this field and they're not sure, you know, is it important to them? Do they want to know? Even if you're, you're not sure and you just want to learn a little bit, if you just want to learn a little bit about the subject, you know, they have, my school has workshops with specific things. They do uh, one on um, natural, um, what's the word? Okay, I don't remember, so I'm going to go into another one. Mm. They do they do workshops on fabrication, so like cleaning products. Uh, they do one near Christmas that's uh, making Christmas presents. So they'll teach you how to do like bath bombs and things that can be used as Christmas presents that are natural-based. Nice. Um, they do one on natural contraceptive, uh, you, natural contraceptives, which is really, really interesting, um, and things like that. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the natural stuff you can find at, the more generic stores, the 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 chains like Tao, Rachetteberry, um, any natural whole food store, they don't often have a lot of like really like plants. They do usually have essential oils, but sometimes you'll find some plants. But everything else that's there is usually at least organic. The people that uh, sell the stuff do have to have a certain level of knowledge, and they're usually there to at least help you with your issues. They have a lot more capsules and stuff like that, but some people capsules is is better for them it's easier it's just quick you know for me like garlic i can't eat raw garlic so if i want to use garlic as an immune an immunity boost i take a capsule which still feels like a horse kick it's <laughs> just delayed. minus the taste you you burp up garlic taste though but yeah. it's still not to it's a it's a, de- it's a delayed <laughs> kick <laughs> I, I swear i'll never I, forget that it. moment i was in the kitchen floor i was lying down my dog comes running up to me what the fuck did you do i don't even know what i did <laughs> I had the same experience, man. My friend uh, cut a garlic in half, and she's like, she's like, oh, you're feeling whatever. I don't even remember what was wrong with me, but she's like, just eat this. And I, I don't remember if I chewed it or not. I think I just swallowed it like a pill. Yeah, I took a lot of drugs in my life, so I can just like swallow stuff whole without, <laughs> without water or anything. And I was fine for like 10, 15 minutes, and then I'm leaving, and I suddenly feel like puking. But like really, really feel like puking. And then I start getting all like saliva. Like you, you ever, you, you know when your dog gets hit with a skunk and they have like that, they're, they're like blah, blah. And they have like that foamy spit. Like that, that was happening to me. I was just like, ah, what's happening? Ah. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and, the, and everyone's just staring at me like you were leaving 10 seconds ago. You know, like we were, we were expecting you to get the fuck out of our house, you know. And I'm just there like, help me. I did not like that. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you might have, like, ulcers or something, and then you shouldn't take raw garlic. And I'm like, why are you telling me this now while I'm dying? (laughs) 
I got, I got, I never want to do that again. Like I, I kind of tried to get used to it and it never happened. Like I've gotten used to a lot of stuff. I had like some raw food, like I just blended a bunch of vegetables and stuff and, and I would put like a bit of garlic in it, which would ruin it and make it ferment if you don't eat it all right away and stuff. Uh, anyway, live and learn. See, like those you said, are, those are potential side effects. If, especially if you've never eaten raw garlic or you take too big of a dose right away, like it doesn't mean it's toxic and it's dangerous, but I've taken a, like, if my body wasn't really in a stage, or if I didn't eat, if I did garlic is something you should always take with food, especially the capsules. I didn't eat anything. I forgot the rules. Mm. I popped one of the capsules, and I felt like puking for, like, an hour. That's a it, good point. It happens. Because I took that, that, like, five garlic cloves on a fasted stomach, and that <sighs> makes a lot more sense why it felt like a drill was spinning my guts. But Five? Yeah, because I was ready online. It's like, oh, you could take like a, a couple. I'm like, fuck a couple. I'm going half a fucking thing. <laughs> oh, so he's the guy who reads not not only reads and goes, well, this is accurate. I'm gonna double that because yeah. why not? <laughs> well, I go by the quote. When in doubt, double the dose. I was just about to say that. Why did you take that from me? <laughs> I was literally well, just about like to say. It's not like cooking. You know, in cooking, they say if it says three cloves, add six. That's not how medicine works. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> Well, it's worked for me with psychedelics, so I applied it to the garlic, but it's definitely... Okay, that makes sense, though. That does make sense. I take it back, because part of the dosing is knowing, at least if you're dosing yourself, no matter what you're dosing yourself with, is knowing yourself. Yeah. And, like, for if I if I look at me versus my spouse, he's a bigger guy, so you assume almost automatically that he can take a bigger dose, because his body is bigger, he needs a bigger dose. Someone who's tiny like me needs a smaller dose. But I've been playing with this for so long that I need bigger doses. But when I give him a dose, I completely forget that he never takes anything. So I give him a bigger dose and then he has a bigger effect. And then, and then this is why he doesn't ask me for help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but some things aren't even measured that way. Like I, I always compare uh, like weed edibles with uh, shrooms. Anybody I've ever met, you take a gram of shrooms, two grams, three grams, four grams. Three, let's say three to five is about the same and then five plus you, there's there's like there's like this kind of measured effect that you're going to get and then when you're playing with microdoses, it's a little more individual that doesn't seem to apply with with uh weed edibles like i'm i'm like a 200 milligram comfortably to get a good buzz yeah some people they take five between five and 50 and they can't handle it they need to take less. They need to then if it's sativa or indica, it's gonna strongly affect you. If I take a, an indica anything edible, I'm gonna fucking sleep. I'm gonna end up falling asleep. Even if it's like a, let's say anything above above fifty or a hundred milligrams. But for me, for someone to take two hundred milligrams, they're gonna look you like you must have a huge tolerance. And I'm like, no, I don't like I don't know how the tolerances work. Like smoking. Well, it's like, it's different for everybody and it depends on where you at in your mind too and like sometimes it'll have the opposite effect like rosemary rosemary is a stimulant um it's it's a really know. it's a memory stimulant it's one of it used to be one of my favorite study buddies if i had to study i would have a rosemary tea um but if i was overwhelmed and hadn't slept well all week and i took rosemary it would knock me out like sometimes it just gives you what you need especially when you're talking about stimulants if your body is in dire need of sleep, that stimulant is going to stimulate you. It's going to stimulate you to the sleep that you need to regain the energy you need to get through the day. So, it, it really funny. just depends. That's like that adaptogen effect, I guess, for a lot of things that are just kind of helping you do what you need to do. I, I like uh, green tea is a good example, actually, because I I learned from 
I think it was Paul Stamet on on the Joe Rogan podcast. But there, someone was talking about how there's caffeine in green tea as well, but there's another molecule, and it it kind of helps to. It's kind of like how CBD and THC work off of each other, and in a <laughs> sense, cancel each other out. It's obviously not that simple. There's like twelve other cannabinoids in weed, so it's like a very complicated conversation. But like caffeine alone can give you this direct stimulant effect and you might have like that I feel tired but my heart is just racing effect yeah. and but but with uh, with green tea you're gonna get a stimulating effect with a kind of calming effect so it you just kind of feel this like alert this calm alert like good buzz instead of and I wouldn't even call it a buzz maybe because there isn't like you're not buzzing and then if you're tired green tea might not wake you up because of that and if you boil it it might turn into just caffeine like you were saying before like these things are fucking complicated and you really just need geniuses to do the research for you and then you to kind of <laughs> journal and experiment with you with it yourself uh, anyway that's a key I'm word though, is, uh, what's his name tim ferris says that all the time is like be your own scientist you have all these things try the dosages out test yourself see what works for your specific anatomy and biology and what and your chemicals inside you see what's working with you and 200 milligrams might be a normal dose for you and for me that would fucking send me to mars and back you know or maybe i wouldn't even come back and uh, and then joey <laughs> diaz is taking 500 or a or thousand, a thousand like, and he's oh, laughing wow. his whole way to mars you know <laughs> <laughs> but crazy laugh yeah. but that's the power of what we have we have all this scientific literature coming out and all these studies and, and proofs of all these things that we have and now it's our job to take those things apply to ourselves and see what exactly works at the at the individual level you know because and just a, a quick note your experience sorry um i, I didn't hear you just a um before i forget i feel like this is important because yeah. we talk a lot about internet research um as soon as i learned the medical terminologies behind a lot of things especially anatomy and pathologies my, when you start to Google, if you just start to Google, how do I cure a headache? It's going to give you some whatever. Um, but if you really want to find proper information, like medical journals and doctor websites and hospital websites and stuff like that, find out what the medical term is. You know, what's the medical, if, you're, if your body hurts here, what muscle is here? Look up what muscle is in this shoulder. And then you find that term, and then you Google that. And that's my, my, if ever I'm doing studying for anything medicinal, being able to, to find the proper information is hugely reliant on the, on the language that I'm using. So, or if you're looking up a plant name yeah. or any information about a plant, look up the plant name, but then find what the Latin name of that plant is, and then re-Google your search with the Latin name. So that might be helpful for anybody who's trying to good point. find any information yeah. on just, the internet it narrows about their it health. Down. It, it really just narrows it down because that's what the medical field is. It's just so specific and each anatomical term is like directly exactly what that thing is. And so if you can narrow down your search, you'll have a way better uh, outcome. Yeah, the results yeah. will be more uh, like accurate, not just yeah. the first thing that's on Google because of marketing, you yeah. know. Or what's the most commonly researched thing? You're going to find, you know, a research team's study. 
Like or I'm a massage therapist, so people come to me with low back pain, and that's their their key word. I have lower back pain. I'm like, what? What's describe it to me? Where is it starting? How's your water intake? Is it your kidneys? Is it actually a muscle in your back? Is it the way you're sitting? Like, there's so many details. It's just a blanket term. But when you yeah. really okay, where is it actually? Oh, it's here. Uh, what's your lifestyle like? Then you can actually narrow it down. You know, exactly. A lot of the lower back pain really does. For a lot of people, it's from stress, from lack of water, and their kidneys are actually, all the tissue around the kidneys are just super contracted. So it's uh, that's a little fascinating for people with lower back pain. Consider your lifestyle and your water habits versus how much coffee you're drinking and how much water and if there's stress levels because the uh, adrenal gland is right above the kidney on top of it. So we're, we're going to that holistic mindset again, yeah. even, in, even in researching information. I, I remember I was looking recently on how to harvest uh, my aloe plant. I just didn't, I had no, I have no idea how to do anything with plants. So I just Googled everything. And then I found out that there's like fucking 30 types of aloe. And it's, and then so I had, to, I had to kind of like find out which one was mine. And then, and then it turns out that I can't like eat it directly. I like, like there's different types. And this one has like a yellow substance that has to be drained or else it's like bad for your stomach. I just and eat it, it can even anyway. irritate your skin. Just eat it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it later. Is it, is it okay for you? <laughs> it, yeah, let's, I'm. See what I'm happens. The experiment. See what happens. You might be on I'm, the toilet for yeah. a few days, but it's all good. <laughs> I'm. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. Let's try anything twice kind of human. But like, I've also like you know almost died on MDMA and like <laughs> did a double backflip and landed on my head. You know, like I've I've learned I've learned that a, a little research goes a long way. That's fair. So, Don't take my advice with that one. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I had. Own, yeah, that's it. Hopefully, you don't die and you learn something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm crossing my fingers for all of you out there. And if you do, that's just data for us to to resort back to. But okay, Sammy ate that. Let's not do that. And uh, hey, that's it, man. Please we need write statistics. to us and let us that's, know. That's the, that's, the co- that's the collective. We need that. <laughs> yeah, your death is not in vain. <laughs> Well, and that's what it comes down to full circle to what we do in class. We, everybody in class has to experiment and test the plant we're about to learn about. And we do it before knowing anything about it. We don't get to read up what the actual, what does it do? What does it not do? What are the counterindications? What are the, you know, and you end up with people hitting the nail on the head. Like, you know, a plant that's an analgesic, analgesic, not saying that right. Um, you know, we'll test it in class and people will go, I feel kind of numb, but you haven't read anything about the plant before. So it's getting that raw feedback that, you know, oh, this one's making me feel kind of sad or this one's making me feel tingly um, or, you know, my stomach's starting to grumble right now. Like it's it's really having that connection to try and figure out, you know, it's, it's also kind of part of what proves what that plant does is when you get that feedback, you know. Without the biases. The person who goes through that. Will exactly. Never- yeah. Because yeah. oh, a lot of times you'll read, because I was saying it, it cuts out the biases, because so you can read about the plant beforehand and be like, oh, uh, this one I've heard that it gives you a, a numbness or whatever, and then you take it, and the placebo is so powerful, like we spoke about in many episodes, that yeah. you might induce those symptoms of or sensations from that experience, but it's not actually what you're feeling. Or, I mean, it yeah, is in exactly. a sense, because you've convinced yourself, but going blindly is almost like it's a natural reaction that you can observe and, and, and document. Exactly. Yeah, it's cool. It's more honest, and it's it it brings me to this thing that I'm really trying to integrate into my life, which is like really be your own master, and and 
I mean, be your own master. It's obviously you need to learn from from what came before because our society is just so complicated and and so full of of information. But like, don't rely on anybody. Like, like be an independent thinker, mm. and and that means the 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 hard thing, the foundation of that lifestyle is be an independent experiencer. Yeah, which is tough to not let. Your informate your biases or, or or whatever information was spoon fed to you, like color your experience. Like as soon as that experience is done, it's kind of a memory, or there's just some kind of like like, you know, a fading afterglow, and already you're changing what happened to you with like your biases. So if you come in blind, I mean that that gives me a lot of faith in the school that you're that you're attending because it's like hey, let's just experience this plant honestly. In, in and and hands on in this in this kind of like playful way and just kind of take take what you will like tell me what what there's no wrong answers you know like I'm gonna tell you what's like scientifically proven or what's kind of like a consensus or like an eighty hmm. percent but you, like you said a lot of times it's fifty fifty because people are different also so there's just there's so much honest learning in that it's it's giving me mm-hmm. a fucking boner I fucking love it <laughs> yeah. and that's you know there's always there's always people in class who will, will ask for a specific recipe. What's the exact dose that you suggest or that you should use based on everything you're saying? And and often I, I, I find it interesting, you know, and, and that everybody's a bit different. So that particular person asking those types of questions, they need specificness. But the teachers always push back on that a bit because they'll say, well, you know, this is the base dose or recipe. You need to cater it to the person in front of you and the issues in front of you. If the person's in remission from cancer, you're not going to go full-fledged into some heavy doses. You want to, like, baby step that. Mm. If the person's super, you know, it depends on their age, it depends on so many different factors, you know. Kids and older people are more fragile physiologically, so you want to go safer. You want to go smaller, slower. Whereas, you know, someone in their prime and they're they're, they're physically active and they, they eat well and they do all this stuff and they're emotionally on the ball, like, I, you know, Nate, I would give you heavy doses of stuff, but that's just from this conversation, you know. Like, <laughs> I'll take everybody's it. different, I'll so you have in. to cater it. Yeah, it's true. That's funny. And having that knowledge and wisdom of that is so valuable in any field because I I, I watched the podcast. There was a chef talking. He was a master Michelin star chef, and he was saying that the difference between him and like someone who comes fresh out of school, and he was talking about specifically adapting to the pandemic is that you have to get creative. So he said, this is the creativity that I have is attained over the years and I, I can adapt to any situation with what I have at the moment. And that's something you can't, yeah. you could learn in school in a sense, but it's, it actually happens on field. And you create like yeah. the right, do- like you get a shipment and all of a sudden the, the meat is not coming in. So you have oh, to be creative. Lost him again. Am I back? Hello? And you create the right. Uh, I don't even know where I was going with that anymore. <laughs> But, but, but like, like, for example, he'll get a shipment in of, and he's missing the meat. And then so he has to create a whole new style on the fly based off of what's laid out in front of him. And that's, that's being adaptable as part of being a healer and being in this field is constantly adapting and switching it per person, per situation, and whatever yeah. happens there, you know? Yeah. I guess you need to know, like, the LD50 of something. Like, you're not going to put, like... You know, you, like like this guy has the know-how to make some kind of meat substitute or to know what tastes don't mix. Mm. Like like it's it's experience stacked on experience and you get this kind of like 
uh, jettison effect. You get this like break atmosphere level of knowledge where mm. you're still relying on experience to learn the most, but you've had a lot of that in school uh, kind of like textbook knowledge. The foundation's yeah. there, like we spoke about before. Solid foundation, and then you can veer off and go into new uh, branches of ideas and variations. Yeah, and I mean, the homework that they, they use for a lot of this is, you know, it depends on the class specific as well, but, you know, there's exams, but then, you know, we have to, we have to take all of the monographies from the plants that we've learned about and turn them into like a two-page, narrow it down. What are the most important aspects of this plant? Because you get a monography of a plant and it's like 20 to 50 pages. Mm. Um, and you have to narrow it down to like a quick study reference guide, something that you can refer to to know whether or not you know, if you have a person in front of you and you have five plants in your head that you might want to give them, okay, what's the quick study? Okay, this one, counter interaction with this, okay, never mind that. Nice. You, know, you have to make a quick study reference. And then another aspect of that is within those seven to 12 plants we just learned about, you have to pick one and you have to use it in every form possible that, that's plausible for you for three weeks. You have to use it for a month and document it. You have to you know, in different doses, variations, you know, whether it's a tincture or a tea or a capsule or an ointment, you have to keep going. That sounds amazing. That sounds like I just I just keep falling in love with your school. Like there's this kind of adventure <laughs> learning aspect to it. That's, that's what, what really pulled me in. It was just for sure. it's really interesting. And, you know, the, everybody's got their... You know, you can't accommodate everybody, and there's always people who are going to not like certain aspects about something. But for me, it's it's really something that's just uh, I love it. And even the way they accommodate, you know, budget, mm. your schedule, you kind of it's it's a program that can be done in three years, but you can do it in whatever pace works for you. Yeah, and some people yeah. might get it in three years. Some people it's five, six, seven. It doesn't matter. You know, it's just, we have in the age range. We have we have there's there's men, there's women, there's yeah. people in fresh out of high school. Not so many of those, but and there's people who are in retirement, like yeah. people who are there just to learn without doing the exams. People who are doing the exams. It's it's really it's diverse on its own. You know, it's like our massage course. We had like a what was her name? Margaret? Was it Margaret? <laughs> That's just my generic older oh, lady. Yeah. Uh, her name's Margaret. <laughs> Generic older lady name. Yeah, I, I just I, I just resort back to Margaret. I think her name was actually Margaret, though, was it? She was. Oh, a, yeah, it was. Yeah, she was a beautiful soul, but she was like in her late sixties, and she just wanted to learn massage. Was she? Yeah, I think. Well, okay, let's let's cut oh. this part out. <laughs> let's cut this part I, out. Fifties, sixties. I, can, no, I can't. She was tell. in her sixties. Very. Uh, she was in her sixties. She was just older. And, but the well, just wanted to do it, you know. And that's the beauty of it. Learning is at all ages, and never. It's not limited to the youth. She's a reflexologist too, so she was kind of like expounding on the on a skill set in, in a way. Yeah. By the way, it's really cool. Just to throw that out there, we're going to use a quote from my friend Simon: "You got to leave when the party's full," and we just hit three <laughs> hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we did. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Speaking of of not being able to accommodate everybody, yeah. um, I, so before before we finish, is there any big points you want to just like uh, slap against the wall or anything? No, I mean, I think we, we kind of did exactly what I thought we were going to do anyway. So <laughs> we've gone over a couple of the points that were important. So that was, re awesome. that was really fun. I appreciate you coming on and sharing all your knowledge with us. That was cool. 
I, I appreciate it. It was actually yeah. really fun for me, too. It was yeah. cool. Uh, I can't believe we could <laughs> say this, Sammy. Legit. We just did three hours. It's time for Sammy's nap. <laughs> I, I did. It sounds like you said Sammy's snap. Nap. Sammy's nap. <laughs> it's time for snap. Sammy's snap. <laughs> okay, so we'll sign out. So everyone stay curious. Sammy, I stole it again. Oh. I'm the one who, yeah, thank you so much, Amanda. I'm sure we'll have you on again soon and just like pick your fucking brain, maybe organize it a little better. But thank you all for sticking around and I hope you have some lovely information and things to Google. And uh, yeah, Nate said it, so I, I won't say it. Stay, 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 stay,